What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. I'm excited for this show. We got a lot to talk about. We got to talk plenty about the Joker movie. We got a new trailer. We got new posters. We got um, a lot of uh, reactions from the movie after it uh, debuted at a, at a film festival this weekend. It was um, kind of... I mean, the movie is about a month away, but I was surprised at just how... We just pretty much got so much so quickly in a short amount of time. It was a really good job by Warner Brothers marketing team to really just make this movie front and center to now. All the intention uh, moving forward is going to be on this film. And uh, and so far, it's, it sounds really good. If you're a fan of, of the Joker, you're a fan of Batman, you're a fan of DC Universe, you're a fan of comic book movies, everything you hear about the Joker, you got to be very, very excited about. So we'll be discussing that on this show. Also... The Flash finally has a director, and that director seems very excited about the direction of that movie and where it's headed, so we'll uh, have a discussion on that. And a dead property with um, the MCU, which is very rare. Uh, most of the MCU uh, characters are, besides characters they've killed off now, of course, but most of the properties are, are alive and, and, and very doing very well. There was one that failed epically, but it could be making a return. We'll tell you which one that was later on. You probably could guess it based on uh, the very few failures Marvel has had. We'll have some re- uh, interesting reviews, all animated reviews this week. We'll have a Young Justice season finale review, and we'll review the D- new DC movie Batman Hush. So it is a very DC-centric show with a little bit of Marvel stuff in there. should be fun on this Labor Day uh, edition of the Hero Talk podcast. Let me get you to my ho- ho- co-host now, starting with Shamari Stewart. Sham, what are you looking forward to talking about today? I am looking forward to talking about Joker. Um, I'm looking forward to the Joker movie, first of all. But I'm also looking forward to talking about the reactions and the reviews and the Rotten Tomatoes the um, uh, score and all that stuff. So I'm looking forward to talking about Joker and uh, and um, uh, just this trend of, of Warner Brothers seems to be doing things right. So this is good news, and, and I'm very much looking forward to talking about it. Joining us on this week's podcast is Kendall as well. Kendall joins us remotely from Philadelphia. Kendall, what's up, dude, and what are you looking forward to getting into today? Yeah, man. Yeah, this is a, uh interesting week, obviously, like Shamari said, especially for the Joker, or or Joker, I should say, not the Joker. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's a very interesting week for Joker, uh, a lot of uh, developments. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that movie, of course. Um, but then some interesting stuff that's happening both with, uh, Marvel Studios and, uh, some interesting stuff that's happening in the DC animated universe, uh, which we'll talk about. Yep. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of stuff to get to. Let's get right to it. Beginning with Joker. So Gotham's, uh, uh, crime prince, uh, top headlines for much of this week with, the release of a new trailer, some new posters, and an impressive showing at the Venice Film Festival that reportedly concluded with an eight-minute standing ovation. I don't know who had to, to stop watch ready to to put together that it was an eight-minute ovation. <laughs> an eight-minute ovation sounds crazy to me. I don't know. I don't even know if Lou Gehrig got an eight-minute ovation after his famous speech. <laughs> an eight-minute ovation? That's yeah, a long man. time. Yeah, I don't yeah. think Martin Luther King got an eight-minute ovation for, uh, <laughs> I have for a, dream. I have a dream speech. I man, Obama didn't have one for his inauguration. Trump didn't have one for his inauguration. I, I never heard no eight minute ovation. I, I I find that hard to believe. But it, um, clearly it was a long ovation. I'm not sure Very it was eight minutes ovation. long. 
Uh, I need to see the tape before I, I only just guy give that had an eight minute ovation. Only guy, it's Mario. The only guy with an eight minute ovation was Ron, Ron Howard when he joined the the, the crew of uh, Solo. <laughs> <laughs> he got, he got uh, yes, ovation. yeah. Ron Howard got quite an ovation apparently when he showed up on set. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You believe the rumors. So Ron Howard and and and, and Joker, Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix are, are now you know it's a rare affair, rarefied air with the eight minute ovation. Um. But apparently, a lot of people are loving this movie. Um, we're now getting our first official reactions from critics who've combined to uh, give the movie an 89% score on Rotten Tomatoes initially. That number is rising, which is rare. Seems to be rising, yeah. The new number initially was coming in like the mid 80s. Yeah. Which I was like, okay. I was a little concerned. Which I was like, okay, that's good. But like, they're talking about like eight minute ovations, 86. I'm expecting like a 97, you know. But the, is, what is also rare is, a, is for a movie to come out and the number rise on Rotten Tomatoes. That doesn't happen very often. Usually, you get a really high right. number to start, and uh, a couple of, you know, critics are picking away at it, you know, to be contrarian <laughs> most of the time. And then that number drops <laughs> a little bit. And But this is a number that's actually picking up steam. So, that's going to be fascinating in the file in terms of where this lands by the time we get to release date, which is about a month away. Uh, and many are proclaiming uh, lead actor Joaquin Phoenix as an early contender for an Oscar for uh, best uh, best lead male, which is uh, astonishing to me. Um, so after seeing the trailer, uh, after hearing the initial takes on the film, Shamari, do you believe the hype about the Joker? Um, uh, absolutely. I mean, this is one of those movies that, uh, for me, it's like you see the trailers and you kind of. I just get the sense that they're really trying to tell, like, a real story, you know? And those are the kinds of movies that I like, and I think those are the kinds of movies that critics like, usually. Um, uh, so it doesn't surprise me that they would enjoy the movie, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm very much on board. I, I think that this could be a very, very good movie. I think that if you're a comic book purist, you may not be a fan, because uh, Todd, Todd Phillips even mentioned, like, listen, if you, you're expecting the Joker origin, you're not going to get it. You know, if you're expecting something that is true to the comics, quote unquote, you're not going to get it. Mm. So, um, you know, so I expect some comic book fans to be like, "Oh, I'm not feeling this." But I mean, for the most part, I I'm I'm excited. I'm very very excited. It's a very good sign that the Rotten Tomatoes is going up. Um, uh, I mean, when it comes to uh, the Oscars, it's very interesting because um, uh, uh, Marvel is also trying to make a push for Robert Downey with his, you know, end game performance. Uh, uh so, I don't know about that. So but... I mean we'll see. I mean we'll see. I'm just I'm just saying I'm not saying he's gonna win. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, you know, uh I mean it, it, people were saying oh Robert Downey Jr.'s amazing performance in in, in Endgame. He did great. I thought he did a good job. Um great. so know. I mean it it would it would be interesting. I feel like that sure. I, I love Endgame and I love Robert Downey and I love Iron Man. I do feel like that push is all about just that's giving him an Oscar for one scene. Mm. It's, you know the scene where where he where, where, he, where he passes is why you would give him that Oscar and or give him that non. I don't know if anything else he did in that movie was worth that. Uh, well, I, I mean, I feel like the scenes early in the movie were also really good, where he's like messed up, where he's all malnourished and whatnot. Yeah, like those were also incredibly. Uh, it was a contrast, and the but, scene when he's in space that was also a very good scene as well. Yeah, exactly. Like the, I would say, the first stuff is just so quarter short, of the movie, though. and like the last quarter of the movie were excellent. But I just, I just wouldn't say it was an all-time great 
superhero <laughs> movie performance. I agree. You know, yeah. like it was maybe top twenty, maybe top fifteen, but like for you know, like I'm putting his I, performance I, I in Iron Man thought. one over his performance in this. Yeah, movie. exactly. He, yeah, he, I'd agree with that. He had some really great emotional moments, and he played them to the tilt because he's an Oscar caliber actor. But like, I yes. can't say the whole movie. It wasn't written for him to be have an Oscar. To me, I know that exactly. they're, they're trying to push it now, like in the retrospect. Oh yeah, now Marvel does want him to kind of get an Oscar, but they didn't write it for him to get an Oscar. So he, like, he, he had his moment. He had his moments where he needed to deliver, and mm-hmm. he delivered the way a, a superstar. Uh, you know, elite max, actor, yeah. max, max cow, max player <laughs> would, yeah. but it wasn't like that was what they were asking for him for the majority of the movie. So I yeah. can't say he's asking. I mean, him. I I agree. I think Joaquin Phoenix has a much better chance just because he, this it, this is his movie. According to all the people, all the reactions, all the the reviews I'm reading, uh, this is his movie. This is his time to shine, and um, and apparently he does a fantastic job in the movie as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think he has a much better chance personally, but, um, I still think it's pretty crazy that we're getting two comic book people being pushed at the Oscars. That is wild. I mean, what a, I mean, what a time, what a time to be a comic book fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have Black Panther nominated last year and, um, and we're getting, we're very close to getting, um, I think one, it sounds like Joaquin Phoenix is going to have a real (laughs) shot with the way people are talking. That's what it sounds like. So, uh, so now we could have another uh, uh, lead. This would be the first time, I think, in a long time, if, if ever, that a lead would get an Oscar nomination. Yeah. I know we got Heath Ledger for supporting actor, right? But this would be the lead role in the same character. Ironically, yes. Yeah. Also interesting to note. Um, Kendall, do you believe the hype about the Joker after what you've seen from the trailer, what you've seen from the reactions and, and everything? Um, do I believe the hype on Joker? Uh, I don't remember the proclamation I made, um, like the last time we talked about Joker. Uh, I remember initially when we were talking about Joker, I made a strong proclamation that there's no way Walking Phoenix would outdo Heath Ledger did because that bar was just set too high. And from what we had seen, you know, it's just, I just wasn't going to put that type of pressure on. Just like, you know, Jared Leto, I would have never put that type of pressure on. Mm-hmm. Um, then with the initial stuff I was beginning to hear and the people talking about, like, oh, I guarantee this guy is going to be, you know, getting an, uh, getting an Academy Award nomination. Um, then I started to push it the other way and say, look, this is going – I don't remember what I said. I, I want to say I said that this was going to get nominated for Best Picture. Um that he would be nominated for Academy Award. Um, I don't think I would say that he would win it because that's just it's impossible to predict at this, at this stage in so many movies. Um, but the hype at this point is real. This isn't this isn't fake. This isn't uh, studio driven. You know, mm-hmm. the initial because the last time we talked about this was when they made the choice to put to bring this to Venice, and when they made and that was. A sign at that point that all right, so they want to put this out for Oscar, for the the, the for Oscar season. They want to they want to get the hype, the Oscar hype ready now, and they wouldn't bring that movie there if they weren't confident in it. And another sign that they're very confident in the movie, the fact that this embargo is lifted, like a month before the movie comes out. So clearly, Warner Brothers is confident that this movie 
is going to be incredible. And where I'm at with this movie is like, I mean, I haven't been more excited for a superhero movie in a long time. Um, this is by far, I think, the superhero movie that I'm most excited to see. That's of anything that's that's coming out in you know in the next three years. Uh, I feel like the the at this point the debate now is going to have to change. For me, what I think the debate will end up becoming beyond like is this a good movie? Is this an all time great? I think those will probably end up becoming like consensus. Yes, it's a great movie, one of the better superhero movies of all time, or one of the better in the last decade. But I think the debate will. And controversy will will obviously be, you know, the comparison between Phoenix and Ledger. That's obvious. But then also, I think I'm worried that the debate will end up becoming how much of a superhero movie is this? How much of a comic book movie is this? Mm-hmm. And because if you see, I mean, the trailer, like, it's still it's still like a very kind of I wouldn't say chaotic. I mean, the trailer is chaotic, but like. It's all over the place. You really don't know what it's about yet, and they're very good about that. But um, that's that's the one thing that worries me a little bit because I because I just feel like um, this is a movie that is going to have that honor of being like the first comic book movie probably nominated, you know, uh, for an Academy Award um, for Best Picture. Well, we had we had Black Panther last year. Oh, Black Panther was nominated. That's fair. Yeah. Um, could be the best. Could be the first to win it. You know, if, we'll see what happens. But um, and you could have Joaquin Phoenix being nominated for uh, best lead male. You know, we'll see what the other performances are like. But um, I mean, this is. But then that conversation will, be, will will happen where like you know Black Panther is something that's obviously a superhero movie obviously a comic book movie um this is not going to be as obvious um i also want to and just before you give yeah, it, yeah, your i also want to point to uh because the last comic book movie where um you know people were saying oh oscar will it be oscar was logan yeah of course yeah. i mean i mean a lot of people a lot of people both comic book fans and not comic book fans yeah were saying wow this huge jackman I mean, he's played this character at an iconic level for so long, and he gave such a fantastic performance. Yeah, that was an Oscar-level performance. He gave an Oscar-level performance, and people were really advocating for that, and he, and he did not um, uh, he did not get it. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, do you think that the Joaquin Phoenix has a better chance here? I feel like I feel like Fox didn't do nearly as much as good a job of of marketing this for Oscar buzz the way um the way, the way Warner, Warner Brothers is. I think I think to be honest, I think Fox didn't know what to do with Logan. Um we talked about how their their camp marketing campaign was bizarre and once the movie came out it seemed like they were very retroactive in or reactive rather. Um and now trying to at the last minute then get the Oscar buzz worthy of getting uh put into that class. And then it came out, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think it came out in, like, April or, or, or March. It might have been even March. It was a weird date, too, so it had a long... The movie came out in March, yeah. Yeah, so it had a long time to... It had to, it had to have a lot of staying power for a long time for it to, to, to then get to what it needed to uh, be in terms of, of a, being an Oscar movie. And it just didn't... It just lost steam. 
Um, none. I feel like Warner Brothers certainly had the Oscars on his brain. I think the minute they they saw this script, I think that everything that every way, every the way they marketed it, the way they, the people they've casted, the people they've picked to direct it, um, leading into the film festivals that they're showing it in to 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 get it that buzz to kind of build up the hype as we get towards the end of 2019 and we go into award season everything they've done they've made all the right moves to put it in a position to work yeah. now it's just the movies got to perform and yeah. it sounds like it did but but we still have a lot more movies come out it's, we don't know what's going to happen but so much I, I learned shout out to Stephen Day Stephen Daly one of my professors from J school he used to uh, write for Parade Magazine and he talked about so much of um, the Oscar situation is just it's like it's almost like a campaign it's almost, it's almost like a political campaign like you literally are campaigning. You're you're meeting with various movers and shakers, and 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 making your pitch as to why your movie deserves to be nominated. And it's an actual marketing and political uh, strategy that's put together to make that work. The um, Fox had didn't know what the hell they were doing in that because they didn't. I don't think expected the reaction to be what it was. And mm-hmm. by the time it was that. They, there were too many things going against them, especially to be a superhero movie for that to work. DC has way more in its favor because of how they set it up, and I think because of the character. Because this character, Joker, has Oscar history. Like, this, 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 an adaptation of this character has already won an Oscar. So, that also is going to play in its favor. So, to answer your question, Sham, this, I think, will have a much easier shot at getting an Oscar nominee nomination than uh, Logan did. In regards to uh, yeah. the hype and whether I believe this hype, I mean, you guys have known. I've been on board pretty much with this as soon as I saw started seeing anything. Yeah. Uh, this, and now this is coming from someone who was extremely skeptical of the movie idea because uh, I just didn't know how, what could be explored about this character that we haven't already seen and yeah. was it going to be worth seeing that on film. But as soon as I started seeing set photos, I was like, oh, no, this they ain't playing around. When you see how... How let well, not let um how Phoenix looks and the weight he weight loss he put into doing this I'm like oh no this isn't a game they're not this is not a money grab this is yeah they're trying to do, do something really special here and um what I saw from the trailer what I'm hearing from this stuff none of this stuff is that surprising honestly I mean I, I felt like this was gonna be a classic I knew this was gonna be a classic and what was interesting to me is that right now there are only 36 critic reviews that have the score right now at 89 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. I did want to glance over to see what were the negative reviews. Ironically, one of them came from the rap, which was interesting because the rap tends to be superhero friendly. So I was like, okay, that's a little surprising. Um, but in almost every, each one, in terms of, the, I didn't want to read the whole review, so I just read the snippets of it. Each, almost each one of them kept mentioning about if you take away Joaquin Phoenix's performance and the Joker aspect of it, this movie's not that great. And it's kind of funny because it's a, it's almost, to me, verbatim, the same debate or the same case that was made against the Dark Knight. I, right. I mean, I've heard that over and over again, is that if you take away Ledger and the Joker, like, is that movie really a great movie? I still say 100, 1,000% yes, but the, even the fact that that is the line of the, of the fence that they're going towards and trying to uh, not put this movie on that kind of pedestal tells me a lot. Because th- to me, first of all, I think that defense is kind of ridiculous. Like, the movie has a Joker and it has Joaquin Phoenix. So you can't yeah. take the it away. The Joker. It is called Joker. You can't well, take that away and then, and then judge it. That doesn't make any sense. Dark Knight is a Batman yeah. movie. 
this is a Joker. Right. So this is even worse. Like, this doesn't make it. This makes zero sense. I, I would argue with Dark Knight. Well, yes, it is a Batman movie. Like the Joker is is maybe the most, second most important character in Batman. Period. So man, he's very important. Man, if you take the Avengers out of Endgame, is that movie any good? <laughs> I mean, Jesus. I mean, I, I mean, that's the stuff I'm seeing, and and so when I see that, I'm like, okay, this is serious. I, I have zero faith or zero, you know, uh, concern about the few people that did not like it and what their thoughts are. Because my thing is, I love Joker and I love comic books, so I don't care. I'm not going to worry about whether or not if Joker wasn't in this movie or this wasn't didn't lean on the Joker being automatically a very good character. Because I don't know if he's automatically a great character. We've seen him, he, him get screwed up by Jared Leto and Suicide Squad. So he's not easy money. He's only got he's only become easy money because of what we've seen from Heath Ledger, what we saw in the past with Jack Nicholson. But it's not, you know, it's, he's not a slam dunk as we've now learned. So Oh, yes. And even beyond the can he be done, we know it takes a rigor to do it. As yeah, we've it's, seen it's, now it's a, it's a wear and tear. And Ledger. Yeah, Phoenix yeah. said that it, he had... It, the mental and physical strain of getting ready to play this role and the weight loss he had to do to do it. And Leto, by the way. Almost drove him Leto crazy. Leto also, you know. Yes, he said so. Even though his right. performance didn't yeah. come out as well, he also had to do the whole method acting. I mean. Process. Th- I mean, there is no character in comic books like Joker. There's, yes. You know, like, it's, he's one of a kind. You can't compare him to anybody. So, it's it's awesome to me that we've had three recent actors. I mean, it's sad that, you know, one of them lost their lives, obviously, but it is, it is for a, from a fan standpoint, really awesome that we've had three actors take the role so seriously and understand the nuance necessary to making that role look good on screen. One may have failed in my eyes. So some people liked Leto. Um, yeah, I like Leto. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm <laughs> the minority. I, I think it's kind of split on what people think of Leto. I think so too. I think it's split. Yeah. Um, one may may have failed or may not have succeeded as much as the other two, but you now have a blueprint to what it takes to do this accurately and to do, I, give it justice, and it takes a toll, man. That's why the character I, is as iconic as he is. I have a question. Yeah. And maybe this is a better question when we see the movie and, you know, we're, we don't want to, uh, you know, do a victory lap before <laughs> before the movie comes out. But what... What characters in in the in the in this industry in the comic book movie industry like have that level where we feel like have they have the story where they could be Academy Award winning characters? I wouldn't say no matter who plays them, but like like it's not the actor because clearly the Joker character is an Academy Award winning character. It is, yes. Because we've had now two different actors play the same character mm-hmm. and have that type of hype. And we have multiple people play that character and have a lot of hype around them. So, what other characters in the industry? Maybe what other villains in the industry could be that level? Or is Joker? Because Joker's a top three villain in all of comic books. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe it's just the Joker. But Shmai, any any thoughts on that? I I don't know if there are any characters really that are are. I mean, the first first, first person that me, first person that jumps to my mind is Wolverine, but. I mean, Hugh Jackman's was, the I, only person that's played Wolverine. He did it so well. Um, I feel like someone. I feel like tested. I feel like someone could do yeah. Magneto, and that could. Be yeah, that was the that was the guy that that first came to mind. Yeah, and I mean, McClellan and 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 uh, 
Fastbender, and Fastbender have done tremendous jobs. And if they were in better movies, I think that they, a movie that were going and, to be Oscars, I think they absolutely could have delivered Oscar level performances. And remember when Fox wanted to do a Magneto movie? I think the and Magneto was, movie would have looked a lot like Logan. I don't think, think it would so. have been the the superhero smash up that we expect. I think it would have been a lot right. more like that. And I think it would have been a lot. It would probably be a mix of Logan and like First Class. Yeah, yeah, it would have some first class yeah. elements too, but I don't, it was not going to be the. The X Men are typically kind of like very like sleek looking, very like. It was I think it was going to be a lot more, uh, down to earth so to speak. It was okay. not going to have any of the X Men sheen to it so to speak. I feel like this movie can get many nominations. I mean, if people are saying the story yeah, is I mean, riveting Phil, as Phillips, it is, I mean, Phillips Todd Phillips might, he might get some some uh, some looks as well. You know, the writers, the screenplay directors. I mean, there's a lot of... this a film lot has of people a, make that, that make a movie. Yeah. I mean, this film has a lot of potential. The score, apparently. apparently I'm seeing the reviews saying the music. I mean, the music in the trailer is all this. Yeah. I've seen tremendous. people saying the music in the movie is, like, fantastic. Yeah. And it fits the tone so well. And I, I'm glad that, like, Todd Phillips seems to be getting... Again, it's still early. But I'm glad that he seems to be getting the credit. Yeah, me too. Uh, and not, like... You know, it's not like, oh, this is Scorsese's best movie and Scorsese's a legend. And, you know, it's kind of it like in basketball, it reminds me of how Jerry West is like a consultant with the Clippers. He gets all the And credit. like, yeah. you know, when they get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, the first person they get the credit is Jerry West. Right. Even though he's not the GM or the owner or, or the, the or anything or the head yeah. coach, you know, and like. So I'm glad that, you know, at least Warner Brothers is trying to put the credit on Top Phillips. It seems like he's the one that's getting the credit so far. It'll be interesting to see once this movie comes out how much Scorsese is uh, involved in the, you know, praise for this movie. Yeah, and I'm and I'm happy for Phillips because Phillips is a uh, – he's been a, a star who I think has kind of been kind of lost in the shuffle for a while now in terms of his, his ability. I mean, you know, he has the ability to put together – movies like this and we've seen him do great work we've seen him stumble a little bit too uh particularly with the hangover uh sequels so um to see him um really to me what i've heard is a lot of people say that you know you could the Scorsese inspire inspiration in this movie is just through and through yeah and it sound to me it sounds like he went for doing a Scorsese movie that was on the joker and yeah that sounds pretty. It sounded wild when they first <laughs> announced that that's what they were going to try to do. The fact that he was able to accurately pull that off and not make it look like a cheap imitation is uh is is I agree. It, he deserves a lot of praise. I'm glad he is getting it, and um and I'm I'm glad. I'm hopeful that he doesn't become the uh the you know people don't use that to attack him. As I said, with people saying, oh well, really this is about you know Joaquin Phoenix or whatever, right? You know. Those are only those are very few negative reviews so far that have gone to that path and saying that the story is shallow. I hope that they that that stays that way. That is most of the people also give him his flowers for the work he's done on this film. Uh, but let's move on now to another movie, a uh, movie that it seems to be you know just kind of up in the air every other month. We're getting new stuff about it, but uh, the Flash movie is indeed. Uh, ready to go into production in early January, uh, according to reports, and they now have a director. So, again? Huh? <laughs> no, again, again, yes, again, because they've had several directors now. Um, the Flash has yet another director, and the man leading the film's production sounds pumped to get to work. It director Andy uh, Muschietti 
confirms he will be working on the movie featuring the Scarlet Speedster and calls the script written by Christina Hodson a, quote, beautiful uh, human story. Given his past horror works, of course, with it. Um, he was asked by Fandango in a recent interview if any element of the genre would have any role in this, this Flash movie. And he said, quote, I don't think so. He adds that the human feelings and emotions at play in the film should make it a fun project to work on. What uh, what did you guys take away on uh, Muschietti's comments on The Flash? I'll go to Kendall first on this. Uh, when's this movie coming out? Um, I don't know if a release date is really. <laughs> I mean, we never so know. We don't really know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, am I convinced that this movie's coming out? Uh, I'm still, uh, I'm still, I'm still waiting. You know, it's, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready to say this movie's happening. Uh, but, I mean, I guess this is positive. You know, I guess the fact that you know we're talking about it, it's still in the conversation. It's still people talking about the movie. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I guess that's exciting, but. I, I mean, uh, give me like something that you want. Give me, you know, don't just tell me this, this this movie's great. Trust me, it's gonna be good. You know, give me a, a story piece that I can evaluate before I, you know, really put any uh, put any stock in this movie when you know it should have came out like two years ago. Kendall, I mean, excuse me, Sham. Do you feel uh, any more optimistic than Kendall, who doesn't feel that <laughs> optimistic? <laughs> about uh, Muschietti's comments on The Flash. Um, I do. I'm glad he's uh, I'm glad he's attached to the project. I w- saw it. I thought it was a very good movie. Um, and I thought it, while it is a horror movie, I thought there was a lot of heart in the movie. Um, so I, I think it makes sense that he would be attracted to that aspect of the story. I thought he put a lot of like heart and real like human emotions in it as well. So I think that um, I think it's a good thing. I mean, the effects in it were very good. Uh, that thought the horror in it was done very well. Um, uh, so I am uh, I'm very intrigued. I'm very very intrigued by him doing uh, uh, doing the Flash. Um, now it was the fir- or at least the first one was uh, mainly a child, mainly a, a younger cast. Um, uh, so I'm hearing based on the re- the first reactions to the second it that is that it's good but not as good as the first it. Mm-hmm. So um, so I mean we'll see how the reviews are for it chapter two, but either way I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I am uh, uh, I'm definitely intrigued. Um, in terms of just him being picked to do this movie. Uh, when it, the first started, reports first started surfacing that he would be doing it, uh, I kind of held off really reacting too much to it because I wasn't sure to believe it, to be honest. Um, I know that Grant Morrison and Ezra Miller were working on a script that was shut down that was supposedly supposed to be very dark. And the previous directors did not want to do anything dark, so they jumped off the project and um, DC, after seeing Ezra's script, basically said, nah, we ain't doing this. This ain't it, fam. So <laughs> they got Christina Hodson, to, uh, who already did Birds of Prey, to do this movie. And um, It's getting a lot of DC work. It just, Yeah, she is. And it, it just <laughs> is fascinating that Muschietti, like, after seeing Hodson's script, would be the person that they would call and say, this guy is for it. I, I always wonder how Hollywood works with, like, who gets work to do on 
do certain projects. Like, seems like they're going after these uh, horror directors. I mean, they got Juan for Aquaman. It's just interesting because, like, uh, it's either someone like Juan, they have a, a little bit more of a longer track record. Like, you know, Muschietti is a very young, uh, you know, or at least young in terms of film work, uh, you know, director. He's done uh, It, he's done It too, and he did Mama, which is also a horror film that was uh, well-received, but not well-known. Yeah. I, I just don't know how, I mean, I I how you go to those movies and you're, now you're doing Flash. I don't... Not to say yeah. that. I mean, it was supposedly great. It broke records. I mean, it was. Uh, I'm just wondering uh, what like does he show them other work he's done that is like small on a smaller scale to show? Mm-hmm. Look, look. I know I've done horror, but here I can do superheroes or whatever. It just yeah. I don't. I wonder what that process is like. I mean, it's still it's all under Warner Brothers umbrella. So yeah, or is it or is it that? Is it just like he worked for Warner Brothers? He made us a lot of money here. Let's just give him this. Is um, it like that? Is it that shallow? It could be. I just don't be. know. Yeah. You know that that element of it is still. Uh, Something that I don't quite understand, but, um, but and to me, look, you you're able to deliver a story successfully to the screen, especially a story that's an adaptation like it is. That I'm gonna give you a chance, even if I feel like the horror element that he brings typically is really not something we're interested in seeing in Flash that much. Though you could dip into some horror elements of it. I I always feel like someone. Um, like the reverse flash is a scary mf'er. Like that's like the reverse flash. Zoom. Someone who would just kill you without even like you before you even blink. Like, like zoom. Like those. Those like that. Those are yeah. You you could bring elements of horror into that and it, it look cool. Um, but I'm not certainly not looking for a horror flash movie. And he doesn't seem to be wanting to make a horror flash movie. Which uh, I was encouraged by those comments that you know he really said that you know horror really is an element. He's trying to tell with this. He's trying to tell the emotional story. The human element story to mm-hmm. uh, the Flash, which to me is what makes him special. So yeah. I like what I heard. You know, you never and know what we're gonna get, but we all know that the Flash is a very personal kind of dude that he's very easy to relate to. He's dealt with a lot of tragedy, so being able to tap into that aspect of the character is important. So the fact yeah. that he already has an eye on that and that he saw this yeah. in his script is something I was looking forward to, to I, seeing how he now brings it to the big screen. And I think he does a good job with with personalities because what makes it while the, it is a horror movie mm-hmm. and the horror is it, i mean pennywise is is kind of like he's like that he's like the meat and potatoes of the movie mm-hmm. but the interactions between the characters is really what puts it over the top makes it great because he does a really good job with the characters and in, in, in the characterizations of them um so i i mean i'm i'm ver- i i think he could do do a good job with the flash and the whole Flash family and everyone associated with Barry Allen and, and uh, you know, his family, his personal issues. I think he could do a good job with it. Um, I thought the way he portrayed the relationships in the first It, um, uh, I thought it was, honestly, I thought it was very heartwarming. <laughs> um, a lot of the stories that he was telling, it was real. Some of it was sad. But it was also uh, heartwarming at the same time, but also very frightening with regards to what they were dealing with with Pennywise. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's why the first it is so highly regarded. But uh, the second it, um, like I said, the second it, we we have no idea what we're gonna get from that. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm I think I'm I'm more. Uh, I think this is a very positive development. I'm surprised. They, I'm honestly surprised they were they were uh, 
able to get someone of this caliber <laughs> Uh, to jump on this movie, I was been another name that I had not heard of, heard about, mm-hmm. or that I would have never thought would be interested in in something like this. But I think this makes sense. I honestly think this is a pretty good fit. Now, uh, Kendall, I, what I'm curious to ask you is, uh, you're very skeptical about this movie happening at all. So, what would it take for you to hear that would make you feel good about this film? Uh, well, I, I mean, set photos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, right? Like nothing. <laughs> it's really nothing specific. Like I don't really. I mean, I don't really need a flash movie to begin with. But if you're gonna do one, I want to know what it's about on some level. I want to know what's in it on some level. But right now, I know nothing. You know, at least like when we heard about Flashpoint, I was intrigued. Um, you know, I was hoping they could do better than the, than the CW than the CW did, but. Um, I don't really know what it's about. Uh, I don't know who's in it. I mean, I guess we're assuming Ezra Miller's the the Flash, but I don't know if that's been confirmed. Um, so it's still somewhat so much up in the air. I mean, I I, I haven't seen it, but I know that you know in the the CW. I mean, Zoom was a character that had some some horror elements to him. Definitely. Uh, you know, even Savitar had some some horrors to him. So. Um, we've seen that character live action have some horror elements. Definitely Zoom, of course, but um, so it can be done. But I don't know. It's, that would be a stark contrast from the character we saw in Justice League in terms of the the vibe and the the theme uh, and the tone of the movie. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I I'm excited. Um, we'll see. Uh, We'll see how when when we talk about Christina Hoskin, we'll have to see how Birds of Prey comes out. Um, you know, obviously it was a apparently a, a, a trailer that could be coming out soon uh, for that movie. Some rumors about reshoots, you know, that's been <laughs> that's been circling out <laughs> circling the internet. So uh, we'll we'll see what that movie even becomes at this stage. But um, that movie's kind of in flux right now. But we'll see what. Uh, once we see what that movie's like, that'll give us a better indication, I think, of how we should feel about The Flash. Um, the Hollywood Reporter right. months ago, when uh, Muschietti was first attached to this movie, made an interesting connection, as Shamari made, to all the recent um, horror directors that are getting superhero roles, cause, or superhero jobs for directing, because he had Juan, as Shamari mentioned. He also had David Sandberg, who directed Annabelle and Lights Out, and he did Shazam. Right. Um, yeah. And and uh, Scott Derrickson. Yeah, Scott Derrickson. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, and then you had uh, John Collette. Sarah is uh, attached to Black Adam. So DC is what a question has yeah, three it? now, where they've they've gone. Well, this will be the fourth, where they've gone to direct to horror directors. And again, I'm just curious what about the horror genre do they see as a good crossover? I would argue that the first two crossovers they did were successful. Juan and Sandberg, there's no question you can say that those were successful ventures for them. So, uh, we'll see what happens with Muschietti's shot. I mean, he's made already made Warner Bros. a whole lot of money, so I'm sure that's already something they have on their eyes, uh, uh, had their eyes on, you know, in, in terms of his ability, but we'll have to just see kind of how that plays out. Anyway, moving on to uh, some little bit of Marvel news, or some rumors, rather. 
So according to Jeremy Conrad from MCU Cosmic, shout out to him, uh, the Inhumans could be in the works in Marvel's distant future. Now, Conrad notes the addition of Miss Marvel uh, and the Eternals uh, as possible catalysts for the group's return. This would not be a uh, reboot. This would be right. This would be a reboot or a recon. Mm-hmm. This would not be a oh, resurrection of the terrible ABC show that debuted um, years back. So, uh, Sham, mm-hmm. the Return of the Inhumans. You buy or sell? I buy. Uh, we gotta do that over again. We need. A, we need a complete reboot. I'm glad you run said it, it was. Yeah, run it back. I mean, we need a complete reboot. I'm glad you said it was a reboot. When you said it wasn't, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, make it, please make it a reboot. Yes, it is a reboot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Did Medusa grow her hair back? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, we definitely need a reboot uh, of the Inhumans. I think that, um, you know, imagine if, like, sorry to cut you off, but imagine if they did an X-Men movie in the first, or an X-Men show in the first episode, Wolverine's claws got cut off. That's, yeah. the, that's what they did no, with like, <laughs> cutting off Medusa's hair in, in humans. And the most cring- the cringiest scene, that was the cringiest scene. Yeah, that was. They're just that holding was, her down. She's all screaming. Yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> yeah, that was uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable. I was just watching this. I'm like, oh, my God. But, like, that her was, hair is, is essential to her character. Like, again, like, taking away a certain body, <laughs> body part, so to speak. Like, yeah, imagine Wolverine. The first episode, they have an X-Men show. First episode, Wolverine's claws are cut off. His claws never grow back. Yep. Yeah. That's what Inhumans did. That's what Scott Buck did. Yeah, that was uh <laughs> EJ like can't get can't not mention this this show without mentioning Scott <laughs> you have to. Buck. You have to. That was that was that was absurd. Yeah. Anyway, Shamari. Um uh but yeah, what was I? Uh but yeah, man, I mean uh, uh I'm really glad I'm really uh glad that, you know, they could be bringing the inhumans back. We could see it done right. Um I mean the more Groups of characters we get in the MCU, the better. Okay, we're already getting the X Men, we're already getting the Fantastic Four. Uh, I mean, you add the Inhumans on top of that. I mean, I mean, one one movie we're gonna get, we're gonna get, what, what are we gonna get next? We're gonna get, uh, um, uh, we're gonna get Fantastic Four versus the Inhumans. I mean, it's gonna be like all gonna be like having all these crazy crossovers. Um, I mean, so yeah, I'm I'm absolutely on board. The more people we get in the MCU for Feige to play with, the better. Kendall, do you buy or sell uh, approving the return of the Inhumans to the MCU? Yeah, I mean, what can you really do? I mean, if they're going to bring back, or they're going to bring in Ms. Marvel, um, you kind of have to, I mean, unless you just want to jolt and change her entire origin, or entire character, you, you kind of have to make her an Inhuman. Uh, and if you're going to make her an Inhuman, I mean, are you just going to not explain who they are, not explain what they are? You know, are you going to not, you know, go back to the royal family? Are you going to completely ignore them and pretend like that stuff is canon? And I just don't think that's healthy for the brand. At this point, sure, Marvel, I mean, they've already, Marvel Studios, I, you know, it seems sloppy. You know, the Terrence Howard, Don Cheadle thing, you know, the Mark Ruffalo, Ed Norton thing, like, it seemed sloppy. But to retcon those characters and the kind of, you know, they, they didn't completely retcon Incredible Hulk, but like, it's more or less like I, you can't really take it too canon. Um, like, what's, but by doing those, by 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 doing those things, they've now given themselves the rope to say, 
that movie's not that that TV show is not canon. Inhumans, that no, that never happened. You know, like they they can be selective about what they want to reference, what they want to consider a part of the universe, and what they don't. And because it was because nobody saw it really, and it was so bad, and no, and the people that did see it want to forget about it. They'd be fine if they decided to make another one. Like people would now. Well, is the has the brand been affected? Absolutely. Like there are gonna be people that are gonna be skeptical now. But if you did it in a way that seemed interesting, and seemed high budget, seemed high quality, then yeah, I think I think they could still do it. I think people would still like it. I don't know if it could be a movie or it should be a movie, but at the same time, I said that before, and they did a TV show and they did it terrible. So, yeah. you know, like. I think they'd be better off as support characters. Um, not necessarily. I don't know if I necessarily need an Inhumans movie right now or an Inhuman story even. But if you want to include them or rope them in somehow to Miss Marvel's story, rope, rope them into the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, however way they want to do it, go ahead. But I don't know if I necessarily need the same story that we got from the TV show. I feel like from Marvel's standpoint, this is not surprising that they would be itching to try to get another crack at the Inhumans Apple. To me, they invested a lot of uh, creative and uh, physical capital in the Inhumans brand for the good portion of at least six or seven years. Uh, how they incorporated them in uh, video games, in cartoons how they really pretty much replaced mutants in the comic books in regards to their importance into the larger Marvel lexicon. They, the, the Inhumans got a major rebrand that was setting up, that was supposed to be set up for an eventual movie. That movie didn't happen. It became a television show that was infamous in its debauchery and its uh, foolishness in terms of just how awful it was. So Marvel feeling like we invested a lot we got to get something out of that property after what we did. It's not surprising. Um, I, I disagree with Kendall in that I kind of think it has to be a movie. I don't think there's any way you could get your fans. Because to me, this is not a show you're putting. Obviously, it's not coming out on uh, you know ABC or anything like that. You're putting it on your Disney Plus app. I just don't know if you're going to get the hardcore fans that sat through the other terrible Inhuman show to say, hey, come back and watch this Inhuman show. Even if it's Marvel Studios. I think that you have to assume that the people that are going to be watching Inhumans are going to be your diehards. So those are people you got to get to to come back and I don't know. You just have to show them something incredible. You get the right cast, or you got to put yeah. You got to put actors in there that are going to be so beloved, and so there. Yeah, it's not <laughs> worth it. I think you you better off, and you got to now do six good episodes of a show that you already botched before. You have a much better shot of doing a two-hour movie and making that decent. I do agree with Kendall that I, I think that if you were going to not make a movie but include them, I think that that actually could work too. I don't know if you necessarily need a whole movie of the Inhumans uh, to introduce them again. I think that you could incorporate them in the Fantastic Four. Like, to me, that's a very natural fit. Um, I think that that could be really awesome. We all know that Black Bolt and Medusa are two characters that uh, if you add them to the Marvel Universe, that certainly would change the landscape. <coughs> And change the ball game in terms of the power levels that we have in terms of our heroes. So I'm, I'm welcoming bringing in the humans. I don't want to see a show anymore. You got to make it a movie. And if you don't want to do a solo movie, just incorporate them in something else. They, I said, I think they were great with, uh, with um, 
with uh with the Fantastic Four. I also think they could work great potentially with Black Panther. I think those are two natural fits to me, and I would like to see them explore that. But um, but no no TV show. I'm, uh, we've seen that before, and they could do it great. I just don't know if for me, uh, after what you put your fans through before, if you should even walk that path again. I think just for the sake of just good conscience and and, and good luck moving forward, just do something totally different than you did before. <laughs> and let's not forget that um, Black Bolt is also a character that you can include uh with the Illuminati if you want. So, yeah, yeah, and that could yeah. very well also be why. Um, Marvel and Feige in particular could have his eye on the Inhumans because he could feel like that Illuminati aspect. I've no, I don't know if I've ever seen any concrete reporting on it, but people have made that connection over and over again. That that's something that Feige and Marvel would want to keep their eyes on, uh, which would make sense. That'd be a great movie and a great story if you you know with all with the, how much they've established the Marvel universe if they. Included yeah. an, an Illuminati that was actually pulling the strings of a lot of things that we didn't know were happening. And Maybe a lot of it being bad stuff. Like that—that like, that would be really awesome. And I what think if that's we found out? Be interested in. What if we found out? Like, and this is like you know, maybe four years, five years down the line. We say five, say six. But if we find out that like Tony Stark was still alive, and he was mm. with the Illuminati. You know, what if we, um, by then, like we have. Black Bolt, we have Namor. I feel you like, know, like I it, f- and think about what Young Justice has done with the light, and mm-hmm. what if Marvel Studios did the same thing, but with their, some of their characters. I feel like a lot of the MCU stands would would figure that joint out. I mean, unless Feige is just like, unless he's just like a masterful, well, with like trying to hide that joint. I feel like people like Emergency Awesome and us what do you and mean others figure it out. Like they would, I mean, they would see things happening and just be like, "Wait a second, is someone else behind all this?" But if they did a post-credit scene, you know, I don't know. Marvel is pretty good with making sure their post-credit scenes don't aren't telegraphed. I mean, the Marvel, the 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 Nick Fury and Maria Hill scroll turn shot shot everybody, and I I am Mister, you know, tinfoil hat. Everything secret invasion yeah. guy. So that's true. I think that I kind of agree with Kendall that I think that they're a little better at now. There's the some like yeah, Captain Marvel has to be in the you know whatever it was Infinity War uh, post credit scene. You know, like there are some that you have to do, or the but like something like that will probably come out of nowhere. I would imagine. You know, it, I and like someone like me, like I think we could be looking for it. Like we could be expecting it. Like. You just said, like, the secret invasion post credit scene, you're looking for it, but you don't know when they're going to drop something like this. It could be in Black Widow. It could be in Black Panther 3. Yeah. And so this is a random question. This is going to this is gonna diverge, diverge away from the topic a little bit, but do you think Robert Downey Jr., I, just Tony Stark, is going to be in a post credit scene in this phase, in any of the movies? No. No, I don't think so either. Okay. Not at least not in a uh not in a uh not he's not gonna be alive. I mean it's a, <laughs> it's a flashback. I mean that's rare for them to do, but I mean yeah, um, flashback, yeah. I can see Rock I think he will be in one of these movies. <coughs> and I think they will do a flashback. But no, I don't think it'll be in a post credit scene. I think it could be in the beginning of a movie. Like they do, you know, oh flashback to two thousand and five. Yeah, something like that. But mm. yeah, nah. Yeah, I agree with Kendall. I don't think it will be something that we see 
where he's like alive. Yeah, no, well. not in this phase. <laughs> um, okay. I know he's getting older, so like, how wait? How long would you wait to to pull that rabbit out of your hat? But you, you have to wait a long time because his death is so impactful. You, you know, you know. I know comic books are kind of the thing of like, oh, you people die and they come back to life tomorrow. But like, you can't do that in movies. Like, it just you can't. It doesn't work like that. Like, you got to be more. Um, gotta make it matter otherwise you're pulling a big uh, story point and cheapening it in a way that now discredits every time you go to that story point moving forward so I don't think that you'll see them pull that rabbit out of the hat in the next two years which is what the next phase is um, could it be in a next phase after phase four phase five or phase six maybe I can see that happening especially since these phases seem to be a lot shorter than the last four phases we've had but I don't think that's happening now um, or three phases rather um, I don't think that's going to happen in this next phase four that we're going to have a Robert Downey sighting of him being alive in that after credit scene. It's at least not for sure, not with him in current times. Could there be a flashback or something? Maybe mm-hmm. I kind of said I would agree with that, but not not anything current. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I want I want to see the Inhumans. I think that having Miss Marvel in your in your Marvel universe, I don't think I don't know how you can do the Inhuman, not do the Inhumans to me. Uh, it's too uh, it's too important to her character. It's too important to who she is. Um, and I think that, to me, what also is important to me is I think that what I like about Miss Marvel is her character really does embody, like, what it means to just be inspired by someone from a distance. Like, so many of these other characters who bear the same name as other heroes, they either had the same exact experiment happen to them or they're their family somehow. Yeah, they were adopted. Like, they're adopted. Like, I kind of like that. No, this is just a, a girl who saw this woman who was inspired, who then happened to get powers of her own that are just nothing like Captain Marvel, but wanted to embody what that means and what that spirit is about and is able to do it despite being so different. That's very important to who she is. Now, I'm not saying you couldn't do that without her being in the human, but I just feel like if you take the human in humans off the playing field... I think it's more likely you see her be, oh, she also has creep blood or something stupid. Like, I, you know, whatever, you know, the situation is. I, I think that it's more likely you see something that you don't, uh, that you don't expect um, in regards to why, uh, or rather you would expect in terms of it being like a similar movie trope if they I did see. that. I'm, I, I want them to have the Inhumans in place so they can do something like with Marvel being an Inhuman and seeing someone like Carol and being like, I want to be her. Even if I'm nothing like her, even if I'm a Muslim, uh, inhuman girl from New Jersey, I can be also be Miss Marvel. Like that's cool to me. I think you take that away, take that away a little bit. If you take away the Inhumans and you give her a you know an origin that's similar to Captain Marvel, which I think is likely if you take that off the table. Um, are you guys ready to do uh, reviews? Yeah. So let's begin this review aspect of our show with uh, Young Justice, and as we do all reviews, I haven't really been giving the warning out in a while, but I'll do it anyway. Um, of course, spoiler reviews of all these shows and movies. Young Justice is a little more uh, high stakes, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a little high stakes, you know. Can't review that. I mean, can't uh, spoil that one. Yeah, like if you've not seen Young Justice at all, definitely not the time to listen to the podcast at this point. Uh, you wait till you get to the Batman review if you have indeed also seen Batman Hush. Uh, so that's your spoiler warning here. But we will talk about the Young Justice season finale, which was uh, it's kind of weird. I don't know if Young Justice, I know they kind of DC Universe kind of build 
these episodes as a three-part finale. I felt like this was two episodes and then a finale. To me. They didn't feel as connected and three-part type, or three-part like uh, as DC Universe made it appear. Which is kind of what I expected, especially when the episodes were named all three different things. To me, these were three different episodes. But I thought that while the first two, to me, ironically, I felt like uh, Wiseman and the crew kind of had to do a lot of catching up. And part of it was them wanting to tell the Wally West Artemis story. So I get that. But, like, you know, kind of getting Cyber up to speed in terms of how he, what, how he's handling anything. Because <laughs> he kind of disappeared for a lot of episodes. And they kind of, he kind of had to just in one 30-second, like, you know, exposition explain just how he's feeling. Especially after the whole incident he had. Uh, where he looked like he was gonna die, and 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 they had Silas was called and try to save him, and he had to go to the other world or whatever, and then he boom tuned him to face uh, Grand Goodness. I, I felt like those episodes were really strong, but I did feel like a lot of it was them trying to catch up to the fact that they were running out of time and the season was ending, which is rare of them. Usually they really pace it a lot better. I thought the season finale was outstanding. I thought the season finale was one of the best episodes of television I've seen all year definitely jenny uh, worthy so that was a, a bonus for me i think that they really i just really liked how the story really didn't set up as a clean win i loved how the story swerved us so much with the the tara and her being a mole and how that was going to play out we just I, I just don't know if anyone could have anticipated it the end result being what it was that somehow they they were able to stop tara from turning on the team that they knew she was Tara the whole time, that she was going to be working for Slade, how the turn really happened with uh, Brion and kind of how that kind of how the domino effects of how that sets up everything else. I thought it was masterful. I thought that that was a, a really great episode. I think this was overall a great season and really great venture. It was great to have it back. Um, I do feel like if there was anything I would complain about, I would say the second half of the season they they, they, they harp so much on the new team. I was a little surprised that when we got to the second half of the season, so much of it then became more about the outsiders and more about Beast Boy and and really a lot about Beast Boy. Like he kinda really leads the second half of the season to me. When so much was established with uh Brion and and, and uh and, and Violet and, and Forager and we kinda grow with them in those first twelve episodes. I kinda wish they would have let us kind of let them drive the ship a little bit more but it was so enjoyable it's still to me the best iteration of dc universe we have today um it's so expansive and how they incorporate so many characters it's it's a blast and the fact that this show got another season is is great for great news for everybody um well i i absolutely agree with that i thought the season finale was was spectacular i thought all three episodes were great I agree. I thought the last episode was the best of the three, though I thought the other two episodes were very good as well. I like that that Vic ended up defeating uh, that Overlord. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so that came out of nowhere. I was not expecting that, but uh, there's so many parts of the story that you just do not expect. Um, I was wondering how that Granny Goodness thing was working out, and then you find out that she's like split herself in two. Yeah, that was that which, was crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, I mean, Halo 
turning into like the rainbow using all of her powers and stuff. That was crazy. So there's so much that happened towards the end of the end of the show. And then of course everything you mentioned with Brion and Tara and everything. It and it was so crazy because um at first you think, oh no, Brion's gonna do it. And then he doesn't do it. They talk him out of it. And then you're like, Oh, okay. Alright, so he didn't do it. And then he goes and does yeah. it. Like it's that like, was nice. That was such a roller coaster. Yeah, it was, was nice. it was crazy how they did that. Um so yeah, that was just that was crazy. Um you know, it's like that guy wouldn't stop talking smack. He's like, "You have to go." And I'm just like, "This guy is just gonna make him kill him." Yeah, and it's just crazy. So that was really, really, really good. That was really well done. Um, I mean, Vietti and Wiseman—they just know what they're doing. This is like they're in their element with this. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, what did you? Well, I mean, I'll wait until Kendall does his gives his piece before asking uh, questions. Uh, but I was surprised that um, Black Lightning being the leader of the Justice League by the end. That definitely surprised me. Because he didn't do... Um, I don't know if I had an issue with it necessarily. Because I, I, I don't have an issue with Black Lightning being the leader. But he didn't do much in I the season. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's, that's, <laughs> you that's, know, like... that's, that's precisely why I had an issue with it. Um, yeah. Just real quickly before I get kind of talk. I did have an issue with that because I felt like... I mean... A lot happened for them to they 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 saved a lot of heroes. A lot of people had to save the world um, again, and he was on a beach in Santa Monica drinking, you know, eating popcorn or drinking beer, whatever he was doing. Was static like, shock, moping, and then he just cut most of the and then he, You know, okay, yes, he had the great moment with yeah, Luthor, good, where he, he he played him and 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 he got to go see the UN, yeah, 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 and then he goes yeah, to the right. UN. But yes. even even like him being the guy on the other line when Cyborg. Uh, sends him who the feed was and him being able to talk to Luthor and yes. I forgot who Luthor was with at the time. Was it Deathstroke, I think, maybe? Yes. And yes. saying, ah, yes, dope see who's on the other line. Like, that was cool and he did orchestrate that and that was a big part of it. But it just And he was the guy that uncovered, obviously, the Batman. He uncovered the whole the whole Batman Inc. Thing. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah, I just, I just, I just, I think to me, there was just so much boots on the ground fighting and That's to be smart. fair it's hard I guess maybe yeah, you know. if, to be a leader though you don't maybe you're not necessarily doing that kind of thing the fact that he did kind of right. show the leadership to be like yo cyborg like this is what you need to do while those guys do that this is what this is where the real fight is and he was 100 percent right I, I guess i'm mixed on it i just feel like for someone who like was so like just like doing his own thing and out of the team and moping around for so much i, I did feel weird that he gets rewarded by being and, a leader and, it, of the and, it, and it's strange because there's people like superman People that have been in the league, like in the league since the yeah, beginning, they, you yeah, know what I mean? Like they, 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 they were like it's so unanimous. It was strange. It's um, so unanimous. I'm like, what? Yeah, man. All right, it's Wonder Woman and Aquaman step. Wonder down. Woman. Like, I feel like there's like there should be like five other people on the pecking order. That's what That's I'm saying. Come before you get to Black Lightning. Like, Black Lightning. I'm like, <laughs> you're the obvious guy. I mean, <laughs> like, really? You know what? It, I think it was supposed to almost symbolize that the team was like, like the team. I won't say it was corrupt, but like. They like no, nah, you can th- say there that. There were no, yeah, like there were no clean hands, and like it's That's like right. that thing of like you know where people talk about like yeah, like if Trump were to get impeached, who would be the the next person? You know what I mean? Like who? And it has to be somebody completely unconnected to the administration. And that's who Black Lightning represents. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Black Lightning. That person was like, I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> I'm so down on the pecking order that I I have clean hands in all this conspiracy, and. That's what I. That's what I'm 
giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying that's what I think they're trying to go with this. Mm-hmm. Because, like you said, if it's anything connected to, like, he's the most qualified because of everything he's done this season, I mean, that's maybe a little a stretch. stretch. Yeah, that's, um, yeah I think so, too. But I think that uh, it definitely is also, like, that stereotypical, you know, the person who you think is going to be the leader, you know, it's not type thing. You know, we'll yeah. take the person, you know, the... Yeah, kind of like... Uh... Kind of like uh, EJ, kind of like a uh, Game of Thrones with uh, anyone that watches Game of Thrones out there. Yeah, you know, with that that whole twist in the end. So, All right, exactly. Um, yeah. So, like, um, I mean, it's interesting. We'll see what happens, but uh, it, it was a surprise. Um, I think the whole stuff with Brion was. I mean, that was that was crazy, man. I was bugging, um, and I, I do like. At first, I, when when they revealed that the one guy was the ambassador with the meta and or whatever whoever he was, I guess he was an ambassador for Markovia. He was a uh, he was a meta, and he's yeah. kind of he was like not controlling Brion, but he was manipulating Brion with his powers. I don't still don't know how I feel about that. At first, I was a little disappointed because I was like, you wanted you Brion know, to make that decision. Yeah, like part Brion of it was like you know his, his him making a decision on his own would have had more power. But then it also is like, it does make the light seem more like, they like they want dad man like, you know. And, <laughs> but to be honest, the light like the the light needed a W, to me. Right. And I kind of, I, I kind of was hoping that they their W would be a little more sound than it was. Like this to me is like a split decision. Like you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. you know, Luthor tried to spin the whole thing about you know, <clears throat> them being outed by saying, look, like yes. I was outed, but I could fight anything because I'm rich. And also, like, an outsider killed somebody on national television. Like, it's kind of a mixed bag. Like, yes, that is true and that is bad. But, like, also, like, yeah, people now think you're corrupt again. Like, I kind of, mm-hmm. especially because to me, there was so, there, there's anything about season two, which I, season two of Young Justice to me is one of the greatest adaptations, of representations of superheroes I've ever seen or read. Or watch it in any in any medium. There was anything about season two that was a little bit um, hard for me in the stomach for me. A little bit was just how much the light to me was thoroughly defeated. Because there were there's so there's so many powerful beings, so many powerful people in that collect collective. To me, the to be beat so soundly. I, it always did kind of rub me a little bit the wrong way. Like damn, like they got. Just their behinds kicked. Like they just totally were outmaneuvered in a way that was surprising to me a little bit. I loved it because they're all evil, and I'm happy that, that the team was able to take them down with the help of you know Batman and Justice, of course. But I, I always a little bit. It's a little bit of a thing that always rubbed me in the wrong way a tad bit. I, I kind of was hoping that this would end with them being like, no, the light. They're some really bad mfers as well, and they. This time had the sound win. Not, not, I don't, I didn't, not saying anyone had to die or anything, but I did want uh, them to have a sound victory. Now it could be argued they had a sound victory in 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 the first season when they took control of the Justice League and had them going out murdering people in outer space. Like that was pretty crazy. But I kind of wanted them to kind of get back and go up two one in the series, so to speak. Right now, I think that the team probably is now up two one, but that was a tight game three. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. Where well, game two was a blowout, right? Yeah, I mean, I I hear you. I feel like the light, um, I kind of like it where it's more even. 
I mean, I know the light is stacked, so to speak, if you're looking at the rosters um, <laughs> between uh, the Young Justice team specifically, not necessarily Justice League, but uh, <laughs> but if you're looking at the Young LA, Justice LA, team LA, versus the Justice League, pretty stacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, take Superman out. Yeah, Justice League is like the Warriors and the and the, and the ninety six <laughs> Bulls combined. Yeah, if you if you're looking at the 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 Miss Martians team and uh, and the Outsiders versus the Light, then you know you see okay, yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, I kind of like it where it's more balanced. You know, you get your wins, your losses. I am glad. I I like the twist that the guy was manipulating Brion's emotions because I wasn't really buying it. When I saw, like, 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 I bought it a little bit, but I was like, yo, really? He yeah, was wild. He was wildin'. I was like, yo, after all that training, after Superboy, all that training, all that mentoring. He was like, throw it all away. He was like, nah, nah. It's like, yo, we are, we just talked you down, and then you just go and do it? Mm. So I wasn't, I, I wasn't really feeling that, to be completely honest. And then it was like, oh, some guy's manipulating him. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, that I see. So I, I'm kind of glad that they uh, reve- had that reveal at the end. Uh, personally, with regards to that, that new light member that was a, that's yeah, apparently an the ambassador, ba- the bad, the bad Samaritan. Yeah, <laughs> who he is in the comic books. Oh, I've never heard of him before. Uh, um, this show, but this show, yeah, kids goes to every corner, that. every corner yeah. of the DC universe to find people. And yes. I noticed that with you know this whole stuff with the anti life equation and stuff, like, like you have to be like a really, really big DC fan to even tell the story as deep as they have, sure. and they have. <laughs> <laughs> they've covered a lot of different grounds in this, uh, of the DC, a lot of different corners, like you said, of the DC universe uh, with this show. Um, what's interesting about this season was that, like, the way it was pacing itself, like, I expected, I don't know, I just expected a different resolution. Like, I didn't expect it to be so yeah. low stakes by the end. Like, I mean, the Markovia thing, it is what it is, but, like, I just expected, like, Dark Side would pull up. I was gonna ask you so about for, that. Yeah, is anyone? So for, is, you're surprised that I was gonna. Shmar, are you surprised that Dark Side really didn't have the impact, much of an impact on the season? Uh, yeah, I was surprised. Um, but at the same time, I like how the season went, mm-hmm. and I'm glad the show got renewed. Yeah. And it explains that's why it got renewed. <laughs> you know, yeah. like they like they. I think they knew they were getting a fourth season when they made it because there's no way you make the story. There's no way you bring the show back given the last cliffhanger to then end it after this one like that or make the stories if you don't know you're getting a fourth season they may have rushed the story a little bit more but they probably went to dc said or went to warner brothers or whoever is doing the stream service and said look we have we can do the dark side story now if you want or we can tell an even better story stretched out over two seasons and they got the i think they got the green light to tell the, the fleshed out stretched out story um, how do you feel about Homegirl, uh, Jace being back in the fold? That also, I'm glad they established that this dude was manipulating Brion. Because I'm like, there's no way in hell that if I was Brion, I'm taking back Dr. Jace. Yeah. But um, I do think it sets up an interesting thing with her and her hit past with Black Lightning. And now her being part of a, a hierarchy of a government that is now anti-heroes. Or anti-Justice League, at least. I'm sure yeah. that... that I'm sure that will play a factor a little bit in season uh, season four. I mean, I'm sure it will as well. Um, I am. I feel like I feel like she could very easily become kind of annoying next season. Honestly, 
Like if she's she's kind of annoying this season. A little. Um, I mean, if she's all like mustache twirly and stuff for too long next season, that I might get irritated. Or that might just that might just be something that's irritating. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. You're working behind the scenes. You don't care about anybody. Like, you think you own Brion. We get it. <laughs> you know, but, like, what's going to come of this? So I feel like, um, I don't know. I just, I hope they have something meaningful planned for her character going forward. I feel like they do, which is why they would bring her back. How do you guys feel about uh, what they <coughs> did with Tara? Like, that was a big swerve as well. Oh, that was done extremely well. Um, because, I mean, it's something I, you know, I, we talked about. I mean, basically, when I, when I, when I saw the, 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 the Tara Markov character, I was like, uh, we're, we're getting the, the Judas contract story, you know, for the 80th millionth time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we all know it's going to play out. And, you know, it wasn't really a surprise the way it was unfolding, and, but this was the first major uh, twist. You know that mm-hmm. they that they played in the, in that storyline and uh, <laughs> classic Batman to be able to know that she was a mole based off of <laughs> Deathstroke's uh, microaggressions in his face, yeah, and, right? and his body language. I mean, that was crazy. Um, That's such a Batman thing, though. Yeah, it's crazy, right? But and I love um, how like Lex Luthor is like, you couldn't shield your microaggressions, <laughs> like Deathstroke looking like, like fam, really? <laughs> yeah, he's like he, he must have called like, me on my mask. Yeah, he also kind of like, yo, fam, like, really, like, you, you really think I'm, I'm supposed to control that? Like, really? Like, that, <laughs> but it is like Lex Luthor would be, like, arrogant to be like, you didn't think yeah, of this, yeah. like, ridiculous thing that no one would think about? It's like, yeah. yeah. was like, no, I didn't. I thought when I was on an <laughs> island by myself, I'd be good. Nah, I was on an island by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I thought they did a good job with that character. Uh, I thought it was a nice twist. Um... I, yeah, this. I mean, they just did a lot of a lot of interesting things. Um, I, I'm still just kind of like, I'm still just a little surprised by the way things things have unfolded. But that's how you're supposed to feel. You know, you're not supposed to feel. Oh yeah, I'm glad everything went exactly how I expected. Yeah, I mean, the way to me they set up the season was so interesting because, like, to me, like if you said, okay, end end of this season, who was the the big bad? I mean, the big bad was Granny Goodness, and the Granny Goodness aspect of the conflict was finished by the, before we got to the season finale. So the season finale, to me, almost plays more like an epilogue to season four than it does as an actual season finale. Um, epilogue to season three? Well, season... No, season four. This is the third season. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, or epilogue to season three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you mean a prologue A prologue, rather, to season four. Oh, That's I what see. I meant. Sorry I got you. Um, or an epilogue to season three, whichever one you're going to do. But it does not. It, to me, it doesn't play like a typical season finale because so much of it. I mean, to me, like the 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 big like conflict, the big climactic moment of this of that episode is in like the first like six or seven minutes. It's Brion killing that guy, and then there's like a lot. There's a whole big episode after that. Like there's more to it, yeah. but like that's the big part of it, and that's where uh, where the whole story changes so drastically. And, and then a lot of it, that whole ep- last episode was tying loose ends, but I kind of liked it because it, it just, again, to me, it just felt a lot different than the other episodes that they put together, and it kind of moved us forward, and you kind of really got a good snapshot of what the season four playing field looks like. Who are the pieces? Where are the, who, where are the chess pieces, you know, by the time we get to next year? Who should we be looking at? Who, where is the story going to go? I feel like we have a better idea of that. A lot of times... I think that this show, being an in-house show, has that has that 
luxury of DC being to tell you, okay, look, you're going, coming back. Here's what we want you to do. And you can kind of set up your show to work that way. I think a lot of these shows that are on, like, networks where they have no control, they kind of have to, like, write it and kind of have it open-ended a little bit, but also kind of close it to that if they're, the show is over, it has some kind of closure. This has zero closure. <laughs> um, but they're able to do that because they, they have the luxury of being an in-house uh you know, property. Um, going quickly back to our side, I think before we move on, uh, the, the only one of the things I kind of didn't get to was uh, Vandal's. Vandal to me clearly was sending a message to Dark Side, but I don't know what his message was supposed to be by basically allowing the team to defeat him. Like, what? What was he? What was his point? I, I haven't seen it in a while, so I could have forgot. But I remember watching it, and I still kind of didn't understand. What do you he mean? tried to explain it. So, remember, he Vandal Savage pulls up to, you know, quote-unquote, Titan's Tower. And, oh, Titan's Tower. And he's like, look, this is where Granny Goodness is. This is how you, I got to beat her. And when you beat her, tell her who sent you. <laughs> and right. in Cyborg, of course, in Cyber Fashion, it's like, yeah. And Vandal Savage told us, you know, we <laughs> told us he sent us. <laughs> and so, and then, you know, Savage went and talked to Darkseid again. And he said, like, oh, we didn't like our arrangement. We both agreed that Granny Goodness needed to pay. And I was just like, I didn't quite. Clearly, he was sending some kind of message. He didn't like how Granny Goodness was moving. I don't know if it yeah, really was fairly the, or, or, the, or, or, or accurately uh, the, the, displayed in terms of what his actual beef was with Granny Goodness and Darkseid. Yeah, the sense I had gotten was that I don't know exactly what his issue with Granny Goodness was, but I think he acted, I guess, because she wasn't a part of the light, right? No, she was. That's she why was. I was confused. Yeah, she was, yeah. So I'm like, she's yeah, a part she's of the light. How yeah. is this? So they, 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 I guess they just, they asked her, <coughs> and but she was also working with Darkseid. So he goes to Darkseid and says, look, I know, you know, this is screwing up whatever you have with the anti-life equation or whatever. You know, let's, make, let's let bygones be bygones. I have a plan or whatever. And they, I think they, they shook hands. And I don't know what his beef was with, with Granny Goodness. That's that's the that's still the kind of the question mark for me. But because um, when he's told when Dark, when Darkseid was told that Vandal Savage screwed everything up, you you tell he's pissed. Yeah, yeah, he was like, all right, I'm gonna have to break some necks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to evaporate some people with my so Omega Beam. Yeah, yeah, some Omega nah, Beams. I'll do it myself. <laughs> Yeah, let me one of these Omega Beams. Somebody's about to get fried. <laughs> let me get the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that was the only thing for me that I was still trying to figure out. And like, what's the name? He goes on a rant at the end about how like you know I went to talk to Dark Side. We reaffirmed our partnership, you know. But I didn't, yeah, quite know where the beef began. Yeah, I'm not sure where, where that's I, going. I, I, kind I, feel of, like... I, I kind of assumed that Granny Goodness was. Dark side representative on the light. Yeah, I felt the same way. I feel like there's more to that story that's going to be told. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're going to get the answer to that necessarily, but we're, there's. I feel like it's very clear. There's a lot more to this Vandal Savage Dark Side relationship and story that's going to be told. Probably in the next season, honestly. Yeah, I can't wait to watch it though. I mean, yeah. I don't know when this next season's happening. They really haven't given us any word on. Where they're at, I know cartoons can kind of be weird in terms of like the time it takes to make them. So they had this really long hiatus this time around. 
the debut. Yeah, they had a really long hiatus. They were in late last yeah. winter, so. And then they did just, that, did that set them up? Did yeah. they were they working on the new season to get us ready for right. this next winter? Or you know, did also the announcement of the season returning was really late too. Yeah, it was true. like towards the end of this season. So. Yeah. Uh, I I the 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 sense I get is that it's I don't think it will take that long, but maybe it's just me being optimistic because this one took forever. Yeah, it took forever. We learned about Young Justice being back a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, that was like what pretty did much. We make? Pretty much since that we learned the app was happening, the first thing it was. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Young Justice. Yeah, I say it was about it was about a year. Yeah, it was a minute. What, what, what did you guys? Uh, what did you guys make of the the Artemis and Wally stuff? Um, I liked it. You liked it. There's a lot of people, um, and it's just for me browsing online, reading comments on things or whatever. There's a lot of people that want Wally to come back for real. They're like, bring Wally back. If Wally isn't physically back in the next season, I'm gonna throw a fit. There's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of those people online. Yeah, they did some interesting stuff. Yeah, there. they they they've they they've kind of well, yeah, they're kind of poking the bear with that. I mean, between the episode with Nightwing and his hallucination, yeah, and, then, and then to yeah. to do this episode. Because what's interesting is that when they do when they do this episode, I'm like, I'm in my head, I'm like, while he's trapped in the Speed Force, and like. Like when she's when she's proposing, like, I'm gonna bring back his soul. And when she does it, I'm like, damn! So he's so he's actually dead. I was like, whoa, that's a revelation. And we find out mm. it was all it was all a hoax. Right now, that it almost confirms that yes, he's probably trapped in the speed force. That because whatever just happened there doesn't confirm anything because it was all it was all it was all a hoax. Mm. So I think that now they they may be setting up him actually coming back. And then Artemis figuring out so everything, all that was all hope. Yeah, to me, on her own. I I think that it's extremely likely Wally will return. And never you got a, a speedster and and they disappear, disappear. Like, they're gonna <laughs> come back at some point. What I do think is interesting is at some point, man, we gotta get Miss Martian out of here. It's time to get Miss Martian the hell out of here. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah, he's, fam. He's, he's, she has been hot. she has been shady since day one. Mm. And manipulating, lying, mm. damn near killing people, and she seemed to justify it every time by saying, "Well, the end justify the means." <laughs> every time, and I was shocked that after the whole issue she had with Connor, she pulled this. I'm like, really, fam? Like, mm. Connor just had all these issues with all the stuff you've been doing, and now you pretend to be Wally West in a fake dream world, like. I'm just saying. I, I feel like her. I feel like her day is coming, where I don't know what's gonna happen, but they they kind of teased it a little bit. And at first, I was like, "Why are they kind of teasing this again? This is kind of weird." Like I thought we kind of were past the whole Miss Martian not being trustworthy thing. Albeit, this whole season is her working with Batman in a fake yeah. situation. But then, like she did that again, I'm like, "All right, now nah, I've had enough. I'm done with this Martian." <laughs> Like, and like, so that was crazy. So, and so that that was the gist of like Superboy's beef with her. Not like, like not yeah, his beef was that like just, how can I continue and how can I trust how can you? we get married if I just not only do I not trust you, but I don't trust your instincts. Like you seem to do this shady stuff, and the stuff you're doing is extremely controversial. Exactly. Like it's not like oh, you, like these are small little things that you're doing that are kind of shady. This is like. Major stuff, major, major decisions that you're making, breaking people's trust, and you seem to just kind of always justify it by saying, "Oh, well, it's going to be good in the short term." And 
I don't know. I don't know how you can justify what they did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to me, and to me, while I know it's a time to kind of set it up, to me, Miss Martian is the only way that works in any way. And 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 for that to be so accurate and so real to the Wally West that the Artemis knew is cruel in a way that's like. I said, we gotta so so what exactly did because the way Zatanna described it made it sound like it was it was mostly her mind working itself out, quote unquote. I th- believe that's that's what she said verbatim. So I, I'm wondering I remember what, what exactly she said happened there, or what like was Miss Martian saying what Wally was saying, or what? I got the did, impression that the shape shifting aspect to Miss Martian was what allowed Artemis to see Wally. Now, what happened was all Artemis. Okay. But the the presentation of, of Wally could not have been done, in without, my interpretation, was without, without Ms. Martian's shape-shifting ability. Yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. Which is crazy to me that she would do that. Mm. That's why I'm like, yeah. we gotta get her out of here. I'm done with Ms. Martian. Now... Um, I mean, I think Zatanna is equally guilty. She oh, went, yeah, no. She went along with the plan. Zatanna is... But Zatanna is kind of always shady. Like, she kind of right. always is, like, doing stuff that, like, she's always like, I really shouldn't be doing this, but, like, you guys are forcing my hand. Like, like that, she is who she is. I'm like, like that's Zatanna. To me, though, like, at a certain point with Miss Marvel, like, I've seen... Miss Marshall. Miss Marshall, I'm sorry. I've seen three or four examples of you doing wild stuff. I'm just like, this is not okay at all. And somehow, she continues to move on. I, I think that this is going to be... I mean, I think on purpose they're setting up something, a, a big thing to happen with her, and that this is just an aspect of her character. That's just she's well-meaning, but she will kind of just stomp all over your freedoms, your uh, your beliefs, your anything to just do what she thinks is best for you, mm-hmm. and that's what we saw here as well. Now, two now two interesting two interesting things I have to ask. Well, one, so I, I, I'm scrolling through uh, Twitter. And someone brought up, someone was talking about the Joker. And I remember I asked the question earlier, uh, you know, what character could could be done that could have the same type of impact that the Joker has had? And someone, they like, have a movie about them. Someone said, based off of the critic reviews for Joker, another character that should be done in the DC Universe is a Vandal Savage movie. And I thought about that. And I'm like, they did a Vandal Savage movie. And they did it well. That could be incredible. They could just take that episode of Young Justice they did this year. Yeah, exactly. Van Savage and just make that a movie. The guy was like, the guy was like, imagine doing a movie about a man. Book your trip to the Chinese theater. You're good. You're winning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The guy was like, imagine doing a movie about a man who who is human history, except he's always on the on the wrong side. Mm. Like, I mean that, you know, I don't know if DC's been pissed on on that yet, but could uh, that could be interesting. But as long as it's not like Vandal Savage in uh, Legends, where he's just showing up all the time, just oh, just oh yeah, Vandal Savage is here that in this was, time period. We're talking about one of the biggest busts. <laughs> you know, that's up there. With, it's not exactly uh, you know Red Tornado level. No, it's not that. Bad. It's not Inhumans level, but that's one of the bigger busts in television, comic book television history. <laughs> in yeah, Vandal that was, Savage, dude, that was bad. Um, but my other question is, people are wondering who is the person. Or who's the the waitress at the end that's wearing the the Legion ring? You know, she was blonde. Some people are like that Supergirl. You know, some people are like that Saturn girl. Yeah. Is it Dreamer? You know, I don't know. 
I'm not sure. But Supergirl, you know, they're teasing something. Supergirl, Supergirl makes a lot of sense name. to me because she's kind of conspicuous in her absence in all of this. Yes. Superman doesn't mention having a cousin, doesn't even know he has a cousin. So, which is a little surprising. So, I mean, she may be the biggest character at this point in the DC that's, universe and not appear. That's, that's, that's very possible. For a superhero, for, that's very possible. There are probably some villains yeah, they might done, not. They've done so many heroes. Yeah, so there may be some villains we haven't got to yet. <laughs> yeah. But there aren't a lot. You know, they, Typically, they've, they've addressed all, where everyone is, except for, you know, like I said, except for, I mean, they, they're like the Teen Titans now, they've got, you know, pretty much all of them. Yeah. Besides, like, Starfire and Raven, you know, and Super Rolls you've had with them at this point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think Supergirl makes sense to me. Uh,. That's who I think it is. Hopefully, it is Supergirl. I think. I think. I mean, I want Wiseman and Vietti to work on everybody. So, so yeah, I know. So right. hopefully, give them everything. Yeah, give, at this point. give them everybody. Yeah, I agree. They are like Filoni at this point. Uh, so just give them everybody. I give them give them Supergirl. I'm very intrigued with Supergirl. I thought that whoever uh, the team at uh, NetherRealm Studios that worked on uh, Injustice Two, I thought they did a great job with Supergirl as well. So I mean, I'm I'm all in on Supergirl. Uh, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm all in as well. Uh, I like Supergirl's character. I think that she, her vibe matches very well with the show they're trying to tell. So I would say, uh, I would say, go for it. That would be who I think they should uh, go after. But um, let's wrap the show talking about Batman Hush. So another spoiler review. This one of an animated movie uh, launched by DC as well. Um, this movie is interesting to me because it has aspects that are really good that are really enjoyable. And it has some twists to the show, to the story that don't quite work to me. I think too many times it suffers from an identity crisis of wanting to, wanting to either be Batman Hush, the actual comic book, or wanting to be something else. Wanting to be Tom King's Batman. Wanting to be, uh, you know, the stuff we've seen with the Damian Wayne stuff. Like, I, I think it, it suffers from an identity crisis. And, and then it ends up kind of not being anything. Like, like the only thing, the only thing I can, I can really discern from it is that it is probably the best Batman Catwoman love story to be on screen. Um, right. I would say definitely for animated version. Uh, you know, so that like, we have not seen that in the animated version really done well. I think uh, a lot of the times we've seen that the times we've seen it, it's kind of just, being glossed over this was our true telling of like their relationship what makes them take why they are who they are why they're meant to be together but why they're also meant to always end up not being together in the end that was done extremely well i'm a sucker for that aspect of the storyline so uh, i love that connection so i loved all of that i thought all of that stuff was well done i think some of the other stuff where they lost track of themselves was trying to touch on too many things touching on uh, what happened in Reign of Superman, uh, touching on the Suicide Squad, like it just it was a little some things that were just a little too much, you know, fan service to get you like, hey, yes, this is still kind of connected to what we've been doing on the animated side, and kind of connected to what you've been reading on the comic book side. I think it could they if they would have just stayed focused with yeah. what they would have what the story was, and I think they would have been fine. And then I thought the the I thought the twist at the end I. I thought it was borderline ridiculous. 
And that was sad because I liked the movie up until that point. But Hush is at this point a a very, very important Batman villain to a lot of comic book fans. And Batman Hush, the comic book, I mean, I kept, I couldn't, I was trying to remember when it came out. I thought it maybe came out a little sooner than it did. I mean, it came out in 2004. That's a long time ago. I mean, yeah. that's not yesterday. Like, that's, that's, we were, I was a teenager. I was, what, 13 years old when Batman Hush came out. And, like, the idea that you would go so far away from the source material and just make another established Batman villain, Hush, based on the aspect of people not taking the Riddler seriously, I just thought showed a lack of understanding of how people feel about the Riddler and how people feel about Hush, which is terrible because those are the two most important villains of the book. And they didn't understand either of them. That, to me, was crazy. Nobody thinks Riddler is a C-list villain. Not one person who ever has read Batman or watched Batman thinks Riddler is a joke. Yeah, when Nightwing said that, I was like, and then they said it like twice. <laughs> like it wasn't like it was. It was a one line. Was if he said that, I was like, that is kind of ridiculous. Why would Dick Grayson ever say that about the Riddler? And then, uh, and then I think Batman said it too. And I'm like, okay, now this is getting out of control. The Riddler, you're ranking Batman villains. He's top ten easily. Yeah, yeah. And he's pushing now, top five. Riddler's not no I, like mad hatter. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 the only thing I did think of was like Jarvis right. Tetch. We have to remember, and something I'll talk about probably later, but we have to remember this obviously is connected to a lot of these movies. I free, I'm losing track of which movies are canon and which aren't. When, you know, Liz Luthor bring up Cyborg Superman, I'm like... Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is linked to Reign of Superman. <laughs> yeah, this is all in the same universe. It's linked to Batman, <laughs> Bad Blood, and Batman versus Robin, yeah, and like, all those I movies. To, it's well. like the MCU at this point. <laughs> yeah. So... When I think about that, I'm like, all right, so, I mean, I don't know if they've seen Dark Side or if they've seen whatever movies they've seen. There's been so many now. Like, on that scale, is he C-list? Maybe. Like, if we're talking the history of DC villains, is he C-list? <laughs> Maybe. You know, like, but if we're on Batman, he's not C-list. Yeah? <laughs> like, Smarty said, that's Mad Hatter. You know, if we're comparing to Dark Side, I mean, maybe he's C-list. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um... You I can't mean, do a Batman movie and say that Riddler is serious. I, I, I just think that, that I think that's that, the that, confusion that's brought that, up. Yeah, to me that that argument gets thrown out when you're telling me this is a Batman movie. <laughs> Nobody who knows anything about Batman thinks Riddler is serious. Hey, Joker, that's, man, that's is B-list villain. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's really strange. Because I mean, I mean, the the I think the trifecta is Joker, Riddler, Penguin, right? Isn't that isn't that the Holy Trinity? Joker, Riddler, Penguin. <sighs> Yeah, you make me. I think from the old school, from the old school aspect, yes. I think you didn't throw in Razor Ghoul and some of the other newer people. Uh, not newer people, but people who have who have taken on bigger roles. Yeah, yeah. Of course, on, you get the you get the on, newer people. Yeah, yeah, based on future iterations. But like First, going but back, the, going, back going back to Adam West, you going back to Adam West. That's the Holy Trinity. Joker, Riddler, Penguin. Without question. Now all of a sudden, Riddler is some some <laughs> just some nobody. <laughs> that's that's crazy. So yeah, I I agree, Jay. I I didn't pick up on that as much, but I agreed. I, I think that's kind of strange. Um, I thought the movie was decent. I I I mean overall, uh, well we'll get to our overall probably later. But I thought it was a decent movie. I mean I I enjoyed uh, most of it. I, I kind of feel the same way where I thought all the all the links to the other movies I was not feeling. I was like, why are we linking this? Why is Lex Luthor talking about being in a Justice League? I was like, why are they doing what? What? 
you know, so I was like, this has nothing to do with the story. And I read the comic before I, re- I watched the movie. And the comic's spectacular. Yeah. And I was thinking, I, I was hearing the good stuff about the movie, and I'm like, okay, well, I mean, if they do what they did with Dark Knight Returns, if they just bring the movie, bring the book into the movie, this show is going to be a classic. You know, if they if the animation is on point and, and all that. Um, uh, they changed quite a bit. Uh, if you, if Spoiler warning, quote unquote spoiler warning, if you haven't read the book, I'm going to talk about the book. <laughs> if you plan on reading the book at some point, I'll give a spoiler warning anyway. So, um, I mean, in the book, you have things like there's a scene with Jason Todd, uh, where Jason Todd is like in uh, the cemetery. Um, uh, there's a scene with. Uh, uh, the, but it's not actually Jason Todd. It's not actually Jason Todd. Right. It's actually Clayface. And that's something you can't do because Red, Red Hood is canon. Yeah, with, you can't. You can't do it now. Animated movies because Red Hood exactly. is canon. So they're changing all this other stuff. Uh, Clayface is such a big part of the thing. I, I mean, Thomas Elliot. Thomas Elliot gets shot. It's not Thomas Elliot. And they, but then they use Clayface to use him as the fake Riddler. Yeah, as like, the fake that's Riddler. All, that's the only time they want. Like, really? It's like what? Like, what was even the point of that? I mean, I get the point <laughs> of it, but like, it, it really didn't. Have, like, it, I feel they just did that just to, as a nod to the original. Like, yeah, oh, Clayface is here. Yeah, Clayface is here, and it's like, uh, I, I don't think it worked. I honestly do not do not think it worked. Uh, I thought Riddler was just Riddler was just and, like uh, why ridiculous is, like, at the why end. Why was Riddler? I just every time like when he said that he was Hush, like I didn't believe it because I was like, Hush is bigger than the Riddler. Like the the way they drew the Hush, the way they drew Hush, like he was right. like yeah, kind of big and broad. He was jacked. Was bigger. And I'm like, <laughs> and you realize. And yeah, the Riddler is supposed to be a skinny guy, even though the, the, <laughs> I'm just like, that's, that's not him. And you realize and the whole the bandages, and I'm like, uh, and you realize that it. that whole aspect of him being how he looked was all a callback from the very beginning, which was another change in how they took out right Killer yeah. Croc and put Bane in, and you had that random scene with, scene with Lady Shiva. Yeah, random and, scene with Lady Shiva. Right, where Lady says, Shiva. Hey, uh, something to think about. Someone used the Lazarus Pit. Was it you? He's like, no. He's like, all right. Well, that's just something to think about for the rest of this movie. And I forgot about it because I was like, that was just random. But I was like, okay. And now you get to the very end, and that's when it comes back. And I'm like, that random scene that didn't kind of make any sense. And that was, and they threw in Lady Shiva because she was in the comic. There's a right, cool fight scene between her and Catwoman. Yeah. I mean, there's a cool fight scene between Catwoman and Huntress. Not in 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 uh, in uh, the movie at all. I mean, they took a lot of stuff out of this movie uh, because of all. I would assume because they want to all connect everything to this uh this uh dc animated universe and they try i mean to me like the one thing they did do is they like you know so you look you look at the aspect of it and say okay some of it was trying to probably condense a really uh you know dynamic story that was uh you know 11 issues long mm-hmm. so that's not yeah that's you're gonna have to condense that story a little bit but right at the same time it wasn't like they condensed it to show less stuff like they added they, they added yeah, a lot yeah, of they, stuff they just straight up switched they out some. they just switched stuff out and changed stuff to, yeah and changed so, stuff they so that's why like i can't even really give them that pass that much because it wasn't like yeah some of it was to condense but they also did just switches just to keep up with their own continuity which i don't understand they didn't have to do that to me like i i, I don't know like i feel like these dc movies i think they're not just being connected to yeah i think i think i think that I think that's a mistake. 
I think that's a bad mistake. I don't think I don't whenever whenever I've watched them, I've never really watched them as sequels. The only time to me, like I've watched one of these new ones and really enjoyed uh, a connection they made was the Suicide Squad one, when you know when you realize uh, Reverse Flash is behind it, and it's the Reverse Flash from Flashpoint. Like that was, I think, a twist that was. And then of worth. course, like the two parters, like that's a Superman. Oh yeah, you know, exactly. And Rain and Superman. Or, yeah, but I mean, like, you know, the, but I think like um, connecting like the Batman movies to other movies like, and the Damian Wayne ones, like, like those, like, are supposed to act as sequels. But like, I'm not thinking about Justice League War yeah. when I'm watching Rain of the Superman. Exactly. I'm just not thinking about it. Yeah, I, I, I like these movies came out so long ago. Like, I think they're trying to do the MCU thing, and it's interesting. And one way that this does remind me of the MCU is that like. These movies are now starting be because they're in the shared universe, similar to MCU. Like they're now starting to become the comic books in name only. Like they are, they take a lot of major elements from the comics and they try to tell the story. But now it's getting to the point where you don't expect if they're doing a certain comic book story or animated form, don't expect it to be the exact. Yeah, it's only in name. It's only a name. And, yeah. you know, it, it, it does add an intrigue of, like, so what are they going to change? You know, is it going to be the same thing? But, like, yeah, some people just some people just don't read the comics. And, well, like, one like of, I'm not a big comic Yeah, reader. I, I just want to see the story. And that's right. that's the interesting thing. Because shout out to Billy Torres. He's, uh, you know, host on the uh, Throne Tales podcast. He represents a fan base that has seen some of the earlier DC stuff. And while they've enjoyed it, they said this is just a straight take. From the from the book, why would I need to watch this if I've read the book? When you look at the Dark Knight Returns, when you look at um, whatever the Justice League movie was that was based on Tower of Babel, the one where Batman's ideas are taken, just Doom, Doom. Doom. yes. Um, there are a couple of others where like you look at them and they're like they're well done, they're great. Yeah, it's, they're panel for they're, panel. Yeah, off. they're panel for panel. What you saw before with very little changes. So why would I need to watch that? And this is the other side of it. This is okay. We give you something different. And now, someone like me, who Billy uh, reads everything under the sun, so he has read more than I have. I read, but not as much as him, especially the older stuff. I see stuff, and I know the Hush story, and I'm curious to see how that plays out in the film world, because I haven't seen even read the book. I just know who Hush is, and I know that story is well-renowned. Then I see this, and I'm like, this isn't Hush. Uh... Why would I have needed to see this? Or I hear what they did with The Killing Joke, a book I did read, and feel like I've been waiting the whole my whole you know, adult life to see someone try to do The Killing Joke as a cartoon, and this is what they did. I think that they kind of can't win either way, but I think you're always, always, always going to be in better shape if you just rely on the source material. I just feel like the more you delve away from it, typically in anything, I think you, you get yourself into trouble. Yes, there are pitfalls from source material that you have to kind of avoid, things that you just have to change for whatever reason. It's too campy, not timely, um, doesn't fit this time period, things that you maybe could get away with, could, could get away with in the 80s, but you can't get away with in 2019. 20, uh, All that stuff is fine. I, mean, I get that. But I think the more you decide that we're going to drastically change things like that, sometimes you get in trouble. And to me, to take a character like Hush, shoot, a at this point, is an established Batman villain. That's this is not some guy nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> right. this is not like I can understand if it was like a, a villain that it was uh, like, like the, an actual. Yeah, it was like if like they did Master Phantasm and then they decided to make him the Joker. 
Like, that would be weird, but, like, Master Van- like, the Vantasium isn't even a DC, wasn't even a comic book character until just recently. I think they, they finally added uh, her to the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I can almost understand that a little bit than someone who's now had multiple stories been in the comic books for 15 like when, years. Or like when, when uh, whatchamacallit, like the Flash tried to do the, it's like when the Flash tried to do the Savitar thing. You know, like, I didn't lose my mind. Like, yeah. I didn't like the twist, but I didn't lose my mind. Like, yo, you like Savitar, you can't, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah, you can't make Savitar. Like, yeah, Sa- right, Savitar yeah. has nothing memorable about him or yeah, exactly. his story or background. You, know, you want to make Alchemy, Julian, right? whatever, right. like, all right, whatever. But, like, Hush, like he's he, like he and then you're has, taking he's his most iconic story. Yeah, yeah, taking his most iconic story. Yeah. <laughs> not only yeah, that, yeah. it's not like I can almost I can almost understand this wasn't a hush movie, and somehow you decided to make it. That would be weird, but I'd be like, all right, well, look. This, yeah, they want to do God. And the story. Like, this is this is the hush. hush story, and then you make him Joker, and then you kill the guy yeah. that's supposed to be Hush as a complete yeah, red herring. Make him Riddler. Well, no, I mean they killed, they killed uh, Elliot, they killed Thomas Elliot. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You say and make, yeah, make the hush Riddler. Yeah, and then make him Riddler. Like. Yeah. Also, like, why was Riddler able to shoot from hundreds of miles away? Uh, Batman's line when he was, uh, you know, gliding through the city. Riddler can't do that. Uh, well, a, yeah. a dip in the Lazarus pit does not make you a marksman. That's what I was gonna say. I guess they just assume he's enhanced. Come up. on now, that don't make no, no sense. I-, I thought him fighting Batman as well as he did was a little. Uh... Extreme yeah, honestly, well, that for me that was kind of the thing where I'm just like, oh. I gave him the benefit of the doubt, but I was like, I mean, Batman at this point, this is the Riddler. He's all, I mean, he's not broken down, but like, like you should be able to like, Batman can beat up the Riddler. Yeah, Lazarus Pit or no Lazarus Pit. One one, I was like, all right, you should really take him out now. <laughs> yeah, and that also to me, it took that took a little bit of the 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 my interest in the last scene too, because I'm like. Well, Batman Riddler one on one is come on now. Yeah, Batman's gonna beat the brakes off with Riddler, and the Catwoman's not in it too. Like, come on, this is like not even and like fair. the whole and I'm like this is the fight we built we built up to we built up to a Riddler Batman one on one fight and I was like, gonna, that's just never gonna work. And I was gonna say like the whole last the whole last thing in the Hush comic is the whole drama that was built up between these two people, Elliot and Bruce. Elliot and Bruce. Yeah, exactly. And and in this is just like oh, it's just, oh, it's the Riddler. <laughs> it's, okay, it's so, just another fight with so, Riddler. So it's another fight with Riddler. So Batman beat up Riddler. <laughs> beat up the yeah, Riddler. Yeah, Elliot is just dead. In the comic, like, Elliot's all yelling at Batman, yelling at him, and and it, you know Batman is looking all like oh my god, and and all this stuff, and it's just like in this one, it's just oh okay, it's just the Riddler again. So you just gotta beat up the Riddler. <laughs> you gotta beat up the Riddler again. Send him back to prison. And to me, like the story was too, like, uh, it was too epic and too good for. For them, for them, for it to end like that. Like to me, the of, story was interesting and good. Like, I enjoyed a lot of it. Right. And it was what like, do we this think we built up all of this. What do we think of the the Selena Kyle subplot? I I liked I liked all of it. I love Selena Kyle. I'm a Catwoman fan, so I think that um, I enjoyed her 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 addition to the to the uh, to the movie. I even think that how they you know at the stuff with like Damian Wayne talking to Bruce about you know that was funny. Yeah, being with a, a villain, which is almost straight from Tom King, by the way, uh, was 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 still well done. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I think that they they did a great job with it. Cause I said I think a, a lot of these movies and cartoons have really glossed over that relationship. 
because to be honest, I don't I think that a lot of these in the past, a lot of these cartoons and stuff have been geared towards kids and like kids don't care about Catwoman and Bruce's romance. Right? That's that's never gonna be an angle young eleven year old boys are gonna be fascinated by. So they probably uh astutely kind of always glossed over it. This was obviously a story that was more mature, so they gave it its due, and I, I loved, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I wish that they would do more of that stuff. Yeah, I thought it was good too. Um, I mean, it's done expertly well in the comics. I thought it was done. I thought it was solidly done here as well. I mean, it's a movie, so it's only gonna. It, I think that's this is one of the things where it's just the time constraints. You know, they're they're not gonna get as much time as you do in in the comic books, but it was very done. It was done very well. I mean, Batman and Catwoman. That's one of those things. It's like. Uh, it's like Superman and Lois Lane. You know, it's like, you just, you're not going to mess that up. Like, they got to write in Telltale, they got to write in a bunch of other uh, comic books. I mean, I mean, you're not going to mess that up unless apparently you're Tom King and you're doing trying to do a marriage situation and people get upset about <laughs> it. But, uh, but yeah, that's one of those things where it's just like, you're not going to mess that up. Now, Shamari, in terms of the Catwoman angle, how do you think how they ended this relationship this time around? work compared to how he did in the comics. In the how, comics how, how did they end this one? In the, so in, in this one, remember, <laughs> exactly. Catwoman makes she, a, she, she makes a decision that, that Riddler has Riddler. to die. Like, I'm oh, not going to yeah, let Batman right. die because yeah, you're trying yeah, to save right. Riddler. Yeah. And when Batman's like, you should have saved like, he, we need to save him. She's like, you're crazy. You're, yeah, a, you're a psycho. Yeah. Which, I actually, I liked it, by the way. The comic, the comic, uh, real quickly, was um, Batman essentially being like, he doesn't trust her. You could have been involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, I don't trust. And then her telling her the, telling him to hush was like, why are you telling me to hush? Yeah. What yeah, do you he know? He freaks out. He's like, why did you say it? <laughs> yeah. He has a Martha moment. Yeah, he yeah he what? freaks out yeah. and doesn't understand it. And and then he's like, uh, yeah, yeah you got to bounce. This ain't going to work. To me, this made more sense than the comic book. The comic book makes him seem like. Fair the comic book actually makes him seem like the psycho that Catwoman says he is in the movie. But I see, and that's the that's the question because I think Catwoman overreacted, and you can probably make the case Batman overreacts in the other one because, like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of feel. The same. And maybe that's just I, I just think Catwoman, like, I mean, like you, you thought Batman was like going to start killing people now? He's not like, a killer. He's never been a killer. He, you know, he's not. Yeah, a killer. like he's always had the code. I mean, he could know he, about the code. You know, I mean, people he could have killed by now. You. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like she's like, oh yeah, I forgot about your stupid code. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah that, was of, that was kind of a whole part of the game. Yeah. Was she fool? Was it foolish to think that Batman? Was it foolish to think Batman would change? Yes. However, I do think that she did accurately, and um, I think that she accurately pointed out how much she changed in the time they were together, and the idea that a not only did I change a lot in the time I was here, and you still look at me as a criminal and a killer, but b you haven't changed at all. And a relationship is about give and take. I've given everything, pretty much, and you're just still the same dude. I kind of thought that that was a fair point she was making as to why she got upset the way she did. I mean, I feel like right. she, I feel like it's not like she's asking him, no, I want you to start taking out the trash. Right. She told him to kill him. Well, okay, <laughs> no, but, but like, she wasn't even telling him to kill him. <laughs> she was saying... You're going to die. Your life is not worth trying to save someone. After you tried. It wasn't like, she wasn't saying, oh, like, le- like don't, like, just kill him. It was like, oh, you're trying to kill him. You can't save him. All right, well, he's got to die. 
And like, yes, that is dark, that is morbid, and that yes, there's a conversation about that. But to me, I think that I understand from her standpoint, of course she's a villain who's not who's unstable. I get Catwoman. But from her mindset, she's like, I haven't killed anyone here. I've worked I've worked through your code. I've changed a lot. I've turned over a new leaf. And one, you're still looking at me like I'm a criminal because I saved your life by just not saving this guy. I didn't even really kill him. I just cut the line because I'm like, you're going to die and you can't save this guy. And for him to look at her sideways and be like, fam, you know to take the code. She's like, what the hell? Code? Get out of here with that. I, I thought that made, I thought that worked better to me than in a comic book where like she says hush and Batman loses his mind. I don't know if that like, that like I know he's paranoid, but like, to me, he seems like he's like too smart. He's too calculated. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, like I, think, I just feel like it kind of makes him seem weak. Like, how would he not have known that Catwoman was involved? Like, I just feel like he. There's no way Batman would have had this person so close that long, and then been like, "You might have been involved with this the whole time." Like that just seems like too sloppy for him to even think that he, that was possible. Mm. This seems more reasonable. Like it seems like a reasonable re- way that they're. I know it's kind of a same song and dance with those two. Like, yes, we this kind of argument between them is something we've seen now for 50, 60 years. Yeah. But I thought it just made more sense than what they did in the, in the comic book. And I thought they set it up well with seeing Catwoman's progression throughout the entire movie. I feel like in the comic it's set up, it's set up pretty well just because... Bruce is so confused the whole time. Right. He's on his heels. He's on his heels the whole yeah. time. And then he finally That's finds fair. out what's going on. And then he finds out that it's his friend who betrayed him. Right. And he finds out, oh, the Riddler's behind everything. I didn't even know. And someone else is saying hush. And he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like, like, he feels like uh, he's been behind. And, and like, there's the so time. many and like there's so many twists at the end, with, even with Two-Face showing up. And being like, oh, I he kind of like saves the day, right? At the he end. like reforms himself or whatever. Yeah, and it's like Batman's so confused; he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> so, so I feel like it's, it's like you know I haven't seen Batman so lost in 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 like this in, in a long time. And she's like hush, and he's just like he's like, are you are you involved? Are you? He's just like he's just going crazy at that point. So I it, when I was reading it in the comics, it didn't it, like I was kind of like, oh geez, come on, man, like. I don't think she's involved in this, but I did understand him being like, <laughs> I understood him being shaken up and paranoid at the time. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it was an interesting twist. It was one twist. I think I, I actually did prefer hmm. over the comic book, but again, like that book did a better job. I think of keeping Batman on his heels than this one did. This one did feel a little bit like a chase, but, I don't know. I there was no payoff. Yeah, the payoff was not there. I mean, there there really wasn't any payoff. I mean, having Riddler, and I was just thinking this: having Riddler be the final villain makes us feel like an episode of Batman the Animated Series. Exactly. You know, it's like and this should not have felt just that. this, this again. Been, this should have been an epic showdown at the like, end. All right. You know. And I, while I we all beat up the Riddler as we should have, you're never going to be able to convince me of an epic showdown between Riddler and Batman in combat. No, like you're never going to convince me that's epic. I can't think. I'm trying to think of the scenario where that could work. You could write the best Riddler story ever, and if the story ends up with those two guys in a burning building and Riddler with a knife, I'm not. That's not epic to me. Because yeah. Batman is gonna win that fight 
a hundred times out of a hundred times. Exactly. So, I mean, you could throw him in the Lazarus pit twenty million times. Like it's not gonna, like. And I also loved how he was like, "You've been unstoppable for the last however many months, but it's right now that you're starting to lose some of that strength from the Lazarus pit." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I'm like, "Why? Why? Why?" In the moment when he needs the Lazarus pit the most, now is failing him. Like it just seemed very convenient. Like if he fought him five hours earlier, would Riddler have beat him? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know. That, I don't. I, just, I don't like that. I don't like that it ended in a fist fight. Just doesn't. Like that. I feel, uh, it takes so story, much away from the yeah, story. The yeah, Riddler story can never end in a fist fight to be successful. And never. Usually, people write Riddler well. It never does. It always ends differently. Um. That that was yeah. That was not a good aspect of it. Quickly, guys. Final score. Would you give a share? Um, I give it a, uh, I give it a seven point five out of ten. I thought I thought it was solid. I thought it would have went higher. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I was thinking about it, but I mean, the more I, th- I mean, I really think they botched that ending. Mm. I mean, it's really tough when you can't. We, I mean, they didn't just not stick the landing. I mean, they fell over and were like tumbling over. <laughs> I mean, it was they really cr- they ugly. crawled to that finish line. They crawled to the finish line. It was really really ugly. Um. But they, they, I mean, the the parts of the story that were true to the, to the comics worked really well. Yeah, everything with Superman and Superman Poison Ivy. Awesome. Um, I mean, it worked really well, and 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 uh, the animation was absolutely on point. Yes, so I give them that as well. So I, I, I give it a seven point five. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Kendall. Kendall. Um, I don't know. I think. It- I'll go seven. I, I agree with you. I'll go seven point five. You know, I think this is a very good movie, um, but you know, it had its shortcomings and uh, it deviated. I'm glad. It, I won't say I'm glad it deviated from the, from the main story, but I'm glad they had the ambition to try something different and try to add like a twist to it that we wouldn't expect um, to look, make it less predictable. I just just don't think it really worked. You know, and that happens. Nothing to be ashamed of, but. Uh, I think it was still. I think it was still a good story. Um, I also, I kind of wish that there was some sort of tease or something at the end, especially if you're gonna make this this giant connected universe. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of ended uh, pretty abruptly. But yeah, it was um, weird. Yeah, I know. You know, typically they have something, but uh, but regardless, I thought it was a good story. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven. Uh. I'm gonna go seven. I feel like it was fine. It was it was not a waste of my time. It was it, I, I I was set down. It was an enjoyable experience. I do feel like they they just completely failed at the end. Which the fact that it's still a seven for me tells you that I liked a lot of other aspects of it. I know I I, glossed, I you know poured over a lot of the things I did not like, but uh, this movie still had a lot of good stuff. I thought that um, the Superman Batman fight situation and that you know including poison ivy and lois all that stuff was really awesome um probably some of the coolest stuff i've seen from a batman animated movie in terms of bringing it to coming to life that was uh that was awesome um i said the batman uh catwoman dynamic was really well flushed out and um and 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 i thought the voice acting was was on point i I just i loved all every aspect of that how they how Catwoman being in the fold, they made it seem like a big deal. And that was really great, too. Because 
I'm so used to now having Selena know who Batman is. For them to kind of play up Selena knowing Batman is Bruce and play up being a part of the Bat family, that was important. Like they made it seem important, and it was it, it should be. But because it's been canon for so long, I kind of forgot how big of a deal that is. I thought they did a good job of having that play out and giving that story the time it needed. In doing so, it may have hurt the Hush stuff, um, but it kind of makes sense why they spent so much time on it. Because to me, they knew the Hush stuff was going to be kind of wacky anyway. Like, I think that if Hush was Ellie, there's no way they could have spent as much time on a Selena-Bruce dynamic. They would have had to have spent more time on the Bruce-Thomas-Elliot dynamic, which yeah. they just they glossed over here because he was a red herring. Um, it's a give and take with that. You, you you committed to the Selena stuff, but then now we got a hush that made no sense, basically. And <laughs> right. that's a huge minus, because at the end, the, the the movie and the book is not called Batman Catwoman. It's called Batman Hush. <laughs> and I love Catwoman, but that's just not going to fly. In a Batman Hush movie, you cannot make, it, make the story... Uh, you can't sacrifice Hush to make the Batman Catwoman story as great as it was. It was great. But that's not what the movie's called. So that's why they barely get a passing grade for me for this. This is a seven. Um, I'd watch it again, but not in a long time. It's not something I'm running to. And, I, and uh, yeah. yeah. And that I, ending was just so disappointing. And EJ, I was telling you, uh, this is more of a rent movie. That's And I don't, sure. I don't tell people. For sure. I agree. Well, I don't know why you would be listening to this if you haven't seen it. But if you haven't bought the movie, <laughs> right. don't. I would, wouldn't necessarily recommend buying it. Some people don't mind listening to spoilers and watching stuff, though. Yeah, hey, I mean, if you if you are, I mean, I don't recommend buying I don't, it. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't Just rent it. it, check it out. If you really like it. Yeah, if you like Batman, it. like, you'll, you'll find stuff to enjoy. Like, it's not terrible. Yeah, it's I just, mean, it's not trash. There's some really messed up stuff at the end that just Yeah, kind of stuff that kind of ruins the story. Yeah. But the animation's on point. The voice acting's on point. Um, but the story needs a lot of work so i say rent it check it out and if you really like it then purchase and it's a shame that the story needs work because the story the story they took from is one of the greatest batman stories of all time so it's like how could the story have somehow how the story could be could have been what got in the way of this movie being great is crazy to me but as we saw with killing joke i mean nothing yeah. is impossible yeah at this point. Absolutely. All you got to uh, do is change a couple things around, and it's like, oh, it just totally throws the story completely off. Exactly. Um, but that's going to be where we uh, leave you guys this week. So hope you guys enjoy this edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast. We're back every week talking about the latest involving superhero movies and television. You can catch all of our uh, other podcasts on New Generation Podcast Network right here on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook and uh, on, on New Generation Media. Check us out on other social media platforms. We're on Twitter at New Generation Pod and on Instagram, New Generation Podcast. Follow us on YouTube, New Generation Media, where if you're a fan of hoops, we had a brand new uh, NBA video breaking down the uh, meeting Kendall's bowl predictions for the upcoming 2019-2020 season. So check that out. New Generation Media. Make sure you subscribe to our videos and like our uh, subscribe to our, our channel and like our videos. Uh, of course, follow Shamari on, on social media. He's at MCShan22 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart. And on Instagram, Axon EJ. Once again, that does it for now, but we will be back next week with more Hero Talk. Shamari for Kendall. I'm EJ. Peace.